0: Present pursuit of entertainment, education, and some adjectives to be named later. The Homestarmy proudly presents Trekwest 5, a conglomerate podcast of science fiction, politics, humor, and pretty much whatever else we want to talk about. Trekwest 5 is brought to you in part by RocketWebDesign.com, custom web design at template website prices, DD.Blogspot.com, your online home for all your digital scrapbooking needs. Need a home along the Wasatch Front? Contact Lisa De with Kirkham and Friends Real Estate. No one will work harder for your home. And thehomestarmie.com, blogging to the world since two thousand and four. Your hosts for Trek West Five are Joey and Peter. Good evening and welcome to Podcast one hundred and forty eight. I am Peter and I am Joey. Uh, Welcome back, everyone, and hope you're ready, 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 geared up for Battlestar Galactica. Um, Took a week off, raised some money for kids. (laughs) How much did you
1: guys end up raising?
0: So, I well, before we get to that, I just want to point out, no one should be angry or upset that we didn't record. It was for the children. I just want to point that out.
1: Well, but for your children,
0: right? No, no, not for my children not for my children. Um so we uh, we raised I think they did a preliminary count on the money and it looked low, but I think in we only got like 8 or 9,000 this year. Jeez,
1: that's still quite a bit of money.
0: Well, sure, it is, but uh, comparatively, um you know, we've done a lot more, but it wasn't well advertised. We didn't get as many of the you know, the the people who normally make offerings you know we didn't have some of the big ticket items so but that's all right i i think i spent a little over 300 okay so they got a good chunk of my dough um and well, that's
1: all that really matters as long as you parted with your money
0: <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> mission accomplished uh okay joey any announcements so what's going on with you
1: did i mention i moved into a new house in our last recording
0: you moved? Yes. No.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were there. You helped. In fact, I believe you paid for the U-Haul.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That make, that day makes a lot more sense now.
1: <laughs> you thought know, we just? I like, thought we
0: were committing a crime.
1: Okay. <laughs> I really did. I'm glad that you just rolled with it like that. Then. Well, Good information you know, for the wasn't, I wasn't. I
0: wasn't going to question you. We've been friends long enough now. There's <laughs> just, yeah, you know, I'm not going to ask. You know, just go with it. So, yeah, you're all settled in, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, if uh request throwing this out there, if your wife is making any more of those pumpkin chocolate chip cookies that you hated so much. I will bring you some. You bring them. All right. You get them here. That should be a thing. Okay. Because I'm just saying, I really enjoyed them. They didn't last more than a couple of days here at my house. <laughs> like, I think by Sunday they were gone. Oh, and I did not share them with my roommate, my friend, John Madsen. Um, I did not share them with him. Okay. So, matter of fact, don't mention it to him. All right. Okay. Uh,
1: the nice thing about having a house now, instead of being in the trailer where I was before, is that potentially we could move all this podcast recording gear to my house. Oh. And then you could come to me, which just seems like the way it should have been all along.
0: I I, I thought you might say the good thing about moving out of the trailer park is that you wouldn't be around potential murders <laughs> anymore
1: it was an actual murder it wasn't just a potential murder
0: yeah so we're the day we get there to move out we were like you know driving in with this big moving truck and we're like oh dang we can't go down this road what wait is that police tape right there but <laughs> yeah it says caution crime scene and so we're like oh, i wonder what's going on there come to find out Uh, they were doing their forensics work, the, the police, uh, because there was a murder. Some woman got murdered, um, at the, at that. Interesting thing is that
1: woman, uh, I had years ago, I think two or three years ago, I drove past that trailer and water was spraying out of the swamp cooler. And like, just hours before I'd been up on my own roof fixing my swamp cooler. Sure. So I pulled over and I knocked on the on the lady's door and I talked to her. I said, hey, you got water spraying out of your swamp cooler. You want me to go take a look at it? She said, no, no, just do you know how to shut the water off? I don't know how to do that. And I said, yeah, so we t- I took her around, showed, showed her where the valve was to shut the water off. And she did that and then she said, you know, I'll, I'll have my boyfriend come look at it. And uh, he is wanted for
0: questioning. He's a person of interest uh so that means he did it um <laughs> and if you see this uh man in your neighborhood don't uh don't hand him a knife because uh, I guess apparently that's what he did uh yeah, anyway so a creepy place, glad yeah. you're out of there. I'm glad you're just in a regular home um and uh and whatnot, so hey, I couldn't be happier couldn't be happier I could oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, could be happier. Oh, I thought we reached the level at which happiness... Uh, <laughs> Topped out? Yeah. <laughs> well, wow, I was wrong.
1: I, I, I found a few things about the house that kind of drive me a little bit nuts. For example, the placement of the light switches range anywhere from two feet off the floor to five feet off the floor. And they are... Not, I mean, there's like a, a standard amount of distance most of the time. That you,
0: are you looking for a Goldilocks zone of of light switches here? Or there something? is one. Wow, right? wow, wow! You really are the one percent. <laughs> you Republicans <laughs> it, expecting it, things to be in the same place? There's
1: one that they they put the light switch so close to the door jam that they had to cut half of the. The plate off <laughs> that covers the light switch because it wouldn't fit. It yeah. ran them up against the door jam. <laughs> That's bad planning, right there.
0: <laughs> anyway, I'm
1: not, I'm not, you know, not necessarily complaining. I just thought, yeah, I mean,
0: because you still got electricity. The yes, lights are turned on. Absolutely,
1: not. I'm not upset. It's just <laughs> kind of a funny thing as I walk in the house. I'm like. It's like a drunk person installed the light switches. <laughs> hey, yeah, this will be fun right here.
0: <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, the one in the shower, I thought was an odd place to put a light switch, but you know, I wasn't going to question <laughs> it. Um,
1: Pete, do you have anything to announce?
0: I do, but we'll wait till next week. Okay. On, on one of those things. Because uh, it's kind of cool, I'd like to actually have the thing here uh, okay. before we announce it. Um,
1: how, how, how's our Kickstarter project going?
0: Oh, we're gangbusters! We have already had <laughs> so many people uh, make promises to you know potentially, potentially
1: consider thinking about giving donating. us money
0: if a Kickstarter goes up, which I think is that's like grass. Roots kind of stuff like that's you know grassroots campaigning you know in the season of election and whatnot so i i think we're we may not even need to do the kickstarter anymore
1: maybe obama will give us a free thing
0: (gasps) oh our obama mixer (laughs) that would be pretty sweet um okay we'll we'll get into some of the election stuff here in just a little bit i wanted to read a couple of emails um, so we're going to go to Listener M. Um, n- no, not that one. went down too far. Okay, we're going to go to uh, Listener Moneybags. Um, at least I'm I'm pretty sure that, yeah, this is Listener Moneybags. I forgot. I was just looking at his real name and I was like, oh, crap. What was his nickname again? <laughs> listener Moneybags. Hey, guys. Sorry I haven't written in a while, but I've been listening and I'm looking forward to Battlestar Galactica. I have a question. I'm interested in starting a podcast with a few friends, and I'm wondering what kind of hardware we'll need. I know we'll each need a combination headset microphone, but do we need to have a mixer? If so, do you know of a decent mixer that's pretty cheap? Thanks, Listener Moneybags. Now, before Joey gets into his stuff, let me just say... um the the best thing that that did us a world of good with starting a podcast is don't do it for the express purpose of trying to gain listeners yeah because uh in our case we didn't do that we were just like hey we want to we want to talk about stuff and if other people want to listen
1: great great
0: uh it just manage your expectations a little bit <laughs> cuz uh you know i i can i can understand how someone would be like hey yeah we're going to everyone wants to hear what i have to say and then it's like nope no one wanted to hear what that person had to say and that's just yeah, you feel bad so i'm just saying manage your expectations going into this just do it for fun do it for you know you being in a room talking with your buddies about cool stuff and, and you're, you're going to do really well. You'll really enjoy it, even if nobody listens to it. Because right. I think we'd still keep going. Yeah. Even if we didn't have. Well, I mean,
1: listeners. how, how, how many episodes did we go before we even found out we had listeners yeah. that weren't people that you and I went to
0: and said, Hey, you, you hey, should check you out my want, podcast. Yeah. You want to listen to this? <laughs> this would be, a, this is fun. Um, yeah. You like talking to me for short periods of time. How about listening to me for long periods of time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, you are best to talk about the hardware and the software kind of stuff. Okay. So, so, well, actually, yeah. You go ahead and do your thing, and then I'll 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 have a summary. Okay. Um. So I would say actually, actually, what I think Joey meant to say here is that <laughs> You're you <frustrating>. you <laughs> you need to get someone who's going to be willing to interrupt the other person at the drop of a hat. Critical. Critical. Go so ahead.
1: If if you're trying to do a multi-person podcast in the same room, you either need a soundboard, and this is my opinion, of course, but you either need a soundboard, and each person has their own individual microphone, and the soundboard controls the individual volumes and things like that, or you need an omnidirectional microphone that everyone has access to. Now, our first...
0: What? Th- 300? 300? Wait. We don't have that many. We
1: don't. Our first hundred, at least, podcasts,
0: I'd say. Yeah, we we did not have the professional mics that we have now until
1: this year. I mean, yeah, these are these are new to us. The new microphones. We just used an omnidirectional, kind of like a standard office. Uh, if I want to dictate to Dragon Naturally Speaking style microphone.
0: Yeah, as a matter of fact, that's actually like it was my microphone from my previous job. Right. Like I just kind of you know, assumed control of it because no one ever used it there. (laughs) So I was like, well, I'm just going to take this for the podcast, you know, because I'm a socialist.
1: The problem is if you're doing individual headsets with microphones and you're going to be in the same room, it's hard to control how it's hard to bring in that many input sources into any device. So, for example, your computer generally, it has what it'll consider one sound input. If you want more than one sound input, then you need a mixing board. Right. Um, Now, the mixing board that that we're looking at, and I'll I'll send an email off to Listener Moneybags specifically about the hardware, but uh, the soundboard that we've been looking at that we've been considering a Kickstarter for actually allows me to record each individual person's voice as a separate audio track. And I want to do that so I can bring people's volumes up. For example, people have told me in the post-processing the past few weeks that you and I have been at varying levels. There was a point there where, couldn't seem to get yes. Us I, I at think the there were audio. yeah.
0: There was that one podcast where you were barely a whisper. <laughs> so yeah, definitely and the wanna... one before
1: that. Then you, you were people were having trouble hearing you.
0: Ah, uh, maybe that's, that's
1: what I've been told by at least one of our listeners.
0: That's the word on the street. Is that what you're saying? Yes.
1: Um, <laughs> anyway, um, honestly, the, the the microphones and stuff like that. For me, I, we we got into that, in my in my opinion. We got into that because it's something I've always been interested in. It's something I wanted to do, kind of the sound engineering type of stuff. And so I was okay with putting some money into that. I think at this point I've put about $700 into it. And that's when we had a soundboard basically kind of loaned to us. We, we have access to your friend John Madsen's right. soundboard. Um, so we didn't have to go out and, and do that investment. A good soundboard, you're probably going to spend at least $500 Maybe as much as a thousand dollars. That's kind of the 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 range you probably want to be looking in.
0: Here, here's so, here's the th- real thing to consider. What, what number one? What's the purpose that you're wanting to do the podcast for before you go out and spend the money yes. to do something like this? Just get a feel for you know what what you want to do with your buddies before you go and you know drop a a you know thousand dollars a yeah. chunk of change for for some nice mics stands a mixer cords you know even software for your computer if you end up needing to get you know go that far um just because fads come and go yeah. i've got a few things uh, you know in my life where i'm like yeah why did i spend that money <laughs> for that i well you know worst decision i ever made you know kind of thing so just yeah you know, feel it out i, I think Joey and I, you can speak to this, but I think we got by great for quite a long time with just the very basics. Yes. Just that, you know, omnidirectional mic, you and I sitting around a, a table essentially so talking. We had and a then, cheap laptop that was a – basically yes. I
1: went to a, a used computer store where, a company, where companies sell their obsolete hardware. And I bought the cheapest laptop that I can get my hands on. And
0: well, you never told me that. We have been cheaping it out all this oh, yeah, time. Yeah. I can't. Well believe our, our,
1: you. our desktop machine's right there, but you <laughs> you have not yet set up a podcast booth for me. So no. I haven't, <laughs> haven't set up the desktop. But uh when you go to do the software, I would actually strongly recommend at least at the beginning that you start with a piece of software called Audacity. You can get it from Audacity.sf.net. It's free, open source software. It works on Windows, Mac and Linux which
0: mean being free that means you can sell it to other people and make a profit off of it.
1: Actually you can. Don't know that you would be very successful in that because they could just go download it for free, but
0: Yeah, um, but they, you don't tell them that. Ah, uh, see that you're required to do unfortunately. They won't
1: know. <laughs> but uh, it, it's free and it's it's a pretty powerful editing suite and It's not what I use to record anymore, but it's still what I use to edit because I find it the easiest interface to actually do the editing and the slicing and things like that. Um, Again, you and I, we've mentioned before, I know, on the podcast, but I'll mention it again. You and I do a lot more, I think, editing and and post-production of our own podcast than maybe some other people do. They just kind of, yeah, whatever went into the mic, that's what goes up on the web kind of thing.
0: Yeah, we don't do as much anymore Because we've gotten better at it, so you know we don't have the long periods of break where we're like, "Oh, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say." Whoa, what do you want to? Do you want to? Can you say something? You know, we used to do that a lot, and so we just wanted to sound cleaner and a little more professional, and so that's why we spent so much time editing.
1: And then, and then I think as a natural outgrowth of all that editing work, we just tightened up our conversation because we're like. I really don't want to do that work anymore. <laughs> it's a laziness. Laziness drove us to a better sound.
0: That's that's what drives the world. Laziness. Um, anyway, so uh, just to sum up here, um, do it because it's fun. Because it is. It's a lot of fun. It sounds like you're you've got a good group of people. It's it's your friends that you want to do this with, um, and then you know just do it for fun. Don't don't go crazy buying stuff. You know, just try it out a few times and, and see how you sound. And, uh, you know, once you've got it set up and, and you're putting stuff out there, let us know. We'll we'll happily, you know, pimp out your uh, your podcast sure. to, to all of our listeners for sure um, and to any of our friends if, you know, they sound like, you know, it sounds like something they're interested in. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, d- definitely do, you know, keep us involved with that because we'd love to, you know, help out if we can. So in that vein… Yes, good segue, good segue. <laughs> uh, you, are, you're part of another podcast. I am. Uh, and a friend I, of the podcast. That I wasn't invited to do.
1: Actually, you were invited, but you chose to go up in your bedroom.
0: Oh. Wait, I chose to go up in my bedroom?
1: Well, the first time we recorded it. You...
0: Oh, that I was here, yeah. <laughs> That's true. And, and so Girl, we just assumed that you didn't want to be around. <laughs> you guys didn't set up a mic. Matter of fact, you put a paper bag over the, <laughs> the remaining mic and says no Pete on so it.
1: So didn't Brandon come on... On Trek West Five, yeah, Brandon,
0: uh, our, our friend Brandon Woolsey has been on Trek West Five a couple of times, um, and uh, is generally just a good guy. But he knows college sports. Yes, he knows so sports in football. general yeah. really, really well, um, and so he does. A, he writes on the our blog, thehomestarmy.com, um, a a feature called Red, Blue, and Pigskin. And it's specific to Utah sports, so he covers uh, BYU and Utah University of Utah. Uh, but he also covers, Utah you know, State. stuff, you know, Utah State, Weber, any of the other colleges out there as far as football goes. And he breaks it down pretty well. His analysis seems to be pretty spot on. Um, and uh, and so he he records that with Joey. He's done a couple of them now. I think this was the third, wasn't third, it? Yes. And so we'll we'll be putting that up. Uh, you can go to uh to be able to catch it there. I don't think there's a feed for it yet, so you just have to manually yeah. download the, the MP3 file. But if you're interested, take a listen to it. Um uh, might be interesting.
1: Okay. we have some more emails there?
0: We do. Uh, we got a couple to get through. Let's see here. Listener sigh.
1: Our British friends.
0: Well, just the one. Oh, all right. He's just one person. He well. says... sorry go ahead (laughs) hey guys a few weeks back you asked us limeys if the famous London police station Scotland Yard was actually called New Scotland Yard or if this was added by the Sherlock writers I can't remember if your question was answered but now is your chance to buy the place and call it what you want (laughs) Just imagine. I think that-
1: he may overestimate the success of this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we need a new Kickstarter. Uh, just imagine the famous revolving sign now saying "Joey for President" <laughs> until the end of time, glorious. Uh, and then he includes a link to it um, and said, closes listener sigh. But here's the thing. He didn't actually answer the question. He didn't. We still don't know. <laughs> we don't know and we are still too lazy and to now go And now we'll look never know yeah, because we'll someone's going to
1: buy it and name it Rio Tinto Stadium.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, okay, so we have a couple of new Twitter followers. Okay. Um, Curtis, I don't know if you know him, he's a friend of mine, I work with him. And my uh, my supervisor at work, Andy. Oh, okay. Uh, he found out that I do a podcast, and so he's like, "Wow, wow, you guys even have you know Twitter? Like, what are you guys on Twitter? I'll, I'll follow you."
1: So be careful what we say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't need to worry about that. Um, but anyway, he's following us. So is, uh, so is Curtis now. Um, we might get Curtis to join us. Okay. I told him he's in season three of Battlestar Galactica. Oh, okay. I told him, look, you should come on. He's like, eh, well, I, uh, you know, <laughs> he did the Curtis thing. Um. But anyway, maybe.
1: That was actually a pretty good impersonation of the Curtis thing.
0: (laughs) Uh, Don't tell him I did that. (laughs) Okay, next thing up. Um, You sent out the email. (laughs) Oh, I forgot. I forgot that I was going to hear about this.
1: (laughs) Um, Look, uh, this is why you need to do your job. (laughs) You leave it to me, (laughs) and what do I do? What do you always say I'm going to (laughs) do?
0: Well, I want to start off by saying... I really appreciate you being <laughs> being willing to step in. Now, the last time I had you send out the uh, the the email, I think what you ended up doing. See, I BCC everyone, and what did you do? You put it all of their email addresses in the to field when you sent it out. This is like a couple years ago. Oh, okay. Um, and so I said, "Hey, I'm really busy. Can you just do this?" You said, "Sure," because you could tell I was having a bad yep. day. And so you sent it out. It, it went out successfully, as as emails typically do. <laughs> but uh, you know, it uh, it went out minus a subject. Yes, Joey. The subject line somehow crept down into the top of the email. <laughs> yes, it was the subject line's fault, really.
1: Well, no, I'm saying I somehow I, like I had typed a subject line and I had it in there, but at some point I moved it down for some reason. Into How the would body. you move? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I did. I swear <laughs> I pasted it into the subject line, but obviously
0: he, I missed. <laughs> he just he just did it wrong. He just that, did it there wrong. There it is. I knew. It, uh, yep. Uh, you you were expecting it. It's it's all good. Um, so anyway, it went out. That was great. But you also, I made a change. You made a brief change (laughs) I did make a little change and And someone
1: noticed this, this change is directly related to an IM I sent you earlier in the week.
0: I don't remember the IM. You don't remember the IM. Uh -uh. So
1: on Wednesday morning, I IM'd you and said, look, if you want to view all the Facebook posts and pick a Facebook find of the week. That's great, but I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I will no longer be picking a Facebook Find of the Week.
0: I don't remember that at oh, all. I, I
1: sent that to you Wednesday morning. Yeah. I'm actually trying did to I stay respond? off Facebook.
0: Did I respond? Yeah, you did. Wow. I so don't have a memory you said, of okay. this. Okay. So you're trying to stay off Facebook. Yes, I am. Why? Because um, you are unhappy about the way the elections yes, turned out? Yes, actually,
1: honestly, they're, they're, yeah. Uh, because Coward. Because all I see on Facebook is this constant stream of all the Republicans that I know whining and complaining about how the election turned out. <laughs> now, look, I'm as unhappy about it as they are, but I'm not posting it on Facebook. And I don't want to read them posting it on Facebook, so I'm just... I'm checking out of Facebook for a little while <laughs> until it slows down. Because I don't want to block the people; it just seems rude and, and probably like it will come back, you know, socially to, uh, you know, reflect negatively <laughs> upon me. So instead, I'm just gonna stay off Facebook for a little while. Anyway, so I took the line out. The you, line you about you took Facebook. a line
0: out that says, uh, "Hey, join the the Trek West Five Facebook group." But the line was. If this was JD's life work. Don't make his life's work be in vain or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. You took it out. And then he responds, I'm not credited for creating the Facebook group <laughs> in the emails anymore. <laughs> Heretics. Uh, and then I think you might have responded, yes, I responded to him. To him. Um, but, uh, just just wanted if- to see <laughs> if you were paying attention. <laughs> Winky face. Yep. Um, And he responded, Yeah, right. Peter and Joey are mean. Uh, s- uh Tongue sticking out face. Um, now, just so we're clear, I had nothing to do with this, JD. As far as I'm concerned, you're still the one who created our Facebook page. And you'll get credit once I start worrying about emails again.
1: You can have all the credit, but I don't think we can call it his life's work anymore because he's checked out of Facebook too.
0: <laughs> but he's still there. You gotta give him credit. You gotta give him credit. Okay, now um, we've got a long one from uh, listener Bob here. Okay, and it isn't specific to Battlestar. The the episode. He no, he does talk about it. So I'm, but like the first half is non. Battlestar Galactica. What do you want me to do? You is want this, me to wait till the end? for it? Is the first it?
1: half of this email going to be about soccer?
0: No. Okay. Yes. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, it's not. Let,
1: let, let's read the first half of the email then. Okay. I thought you were. I thought this was going to be like half an email about the Premier League.
0: <laughs> okay, Bob. I think Joey has a great idea. You need to start sharing with us your feelings. Regarding you know, the Bob, Premier you should League, should start
1: your own podcast about the Premier League. I, I might, may, I might listen to that. Maybe listeners I could drop by and, and guest every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> I assume, okay. being in England, that they all can just you know they're right next door yeah. to each other. I mean, really, it's, it's pretty much just that little tiny island, right?
0: <laughs> it is. It's about the same size as I think North Dakota. So <laughs> no big know, deal. Yeah, actually, North Dakota is pretty big. I yeah. should have picked a smaller. North Carolina, North Carolina, Rhode Island. Rhode Island, <laughs> exactly, which isn't actually an island.
1: Oh, I never thought about that. You're right.
0: Dun dun dun. Road is land. Okay, uh, he says, "Hi, fellas. Uh, listener Bob, by the way. My busy social and family life seems to be getting in the way of writing, but I have a spare five minutes at work, and <laughs> thought I should contribute something to this episode. Please don't let this podcast be the reason you get fired." <laughs> All right. Uh he says I should say something about the election. I didn't expect the re- this result. How did Linda McMahon not win in Connecticut? Surely she should have laid the smackdown on her opponent and finished him with a tombstone pile driver. <laughs> Joey has no idea no. what we're talking about no. right no. now. In all seriousness, I don't think Obama had it in him But it seems that most countries around the world are happy with another four years of a democratic administration. Uh, So Linda McMahon is the wife of Vince McMahon. That name is familiar because he started the WWF, now known as WWE, um, and they live in Connecticut. And she ran for office. Correct. I thought she was already in office, but maybe it was just on a state level. Um, and so she was finally trying to jump to the national level. Um, I would vote for Linda McMahon. I think she's pretty nice. But then again, that was probably mainly her character from the wrestling show. <laughs> um, wow, way to go, Bob. Watching that much, you know, that's pretty cool. On to Bond. Skyfall was an interesting experience. I know that it is out today in the States, so I will refrain from any spoilers, but will say that I enjoyed it but it didn't feel like an overt Bond film. <laughs> Certain elements for me were missing or in the wrong place, as you will come to see if or when you see it. I have written an essay on the structure of James Bond films, so can say with great authority that there are issues with Skyfall. But it is also the most beautiful, beautifully shot Bond film ever. I hope to talk about it more sometime in the future. A twenty-three Bond film podcast retrospective wow. may be good for your movie specials. <laughs> That's, a <lot. laughs> That's a lot, and I don't want to go through the Roger Moore stuff. So, um, well, let's uh, let's respond to some of this here. Um, I would have said like the most recent two, not Skyfall, but the first two Daniel Craig Bonds. I would have said those broke from the the bond They
1: didn't feel like the bond formula. No,
0: they didn't. They did not feel like that at all. Yeah. Um but I I'm not upset by that at all. Really really enjoyed it. I like Daniel Craig as a Bond. I I would add
1: the additional caveat that I have never done a structural analysis of the Bond theme. <laughs> so perhaps I'm just not seeing the grand design. But yeah, I actually I I liked the the two Daniel Craig ones that I have seen. Um, I, I honestly, I prefer Pierce Brosnan as Bond just because in my mind, like I remember being a kid and my mom a... would watch Remington and Mr. Steel or Remington and Mrs. Steele. Remington, Steel. Remington, Steel. Remington, Steel Scarecrow and Mrs. King and Remington Steel Okay. <laughs> For some reason my mom watched both of those and those just cross in my mind when I try to get them out because the other one had Captain Sheridan in it. Um, Anyway, so in Remington Steel, my mom would always say, "Yes, this this is this is James Bond." Like she always wanted him to be James Bond. And so I grew up thinking, "Oh, that's what James Bond is." And I actually huh. I've only seen one of the Bond films prior to the Pierce Brosnan ones, and it's Moonraker. I've I don't know. That's I just know I've seen that. Moonraker. Nope, nope, not that one. <laughs>
0: wider than a mile. But, uh, so I'm crossing yeah. you in style. Okay, I'm muting you. <laughs> Moonraker. Hey, don't do that. I got muted on my last podcast <laughs> with John. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because in uh, the Iron Rod cast, every once in a while, I'll sing like a hymn. And then he like, gets like so mad. He's like, "Stop singing! <laughs> Shut up!" And then he just turns my sound off. <laughs> nice. It's pretty
1: funny. Anyway, I, uh, I I liked the feel of of the Daniel Craig movies. I you know I feel the same way about them as I do about the um, the Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Sherlock movies. It's look these are no, to me. These are known quantities. These are properties that people are messing with. And why don't they just make their own? legacy instead of trying to change the perception of sherlock as an action hero or trying to change the bond formula to be this more dark and kind of like i mean i don't know maybe it's just me but the daniel craig version of bond seems more like a seems more angry than maybe some of the other bonds have been
0: Uh, maybe maybe
1: Anyway, it's just it's just a, a thought that occurs to me. Is I wonder sometimes why people want to dramatically change the character of a piece instead of saying, you know what, we're just going to make our own thing.
0: Okay. Uh, I like I Bond.
1: Ex- I'm excited about Skyfall.
0: I am also looking forward to Skyfall. I think I'll enjoy it no matter what happens. Yeah. And I'm sad this is going to be the last Daniel Craig James Bond, right? Isn't it? I don't know. I feel like this is the last Daniel Craig James Bond, which makes me sad. I I think he's really, really great. Um, Oh, what was that? (laughs) It was a sound. It came out of my mouth. Listener M says, hail comrades. We are (laughs) steadfastly marching along to becoming a real Gitmo slash big brother nation um hair obama will uh be a great leader for another four years all as well with the world i look forward to hearing your thoughts and reactions to the election results so with that being our introduction <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the uh the elections that okay. uh, that just happened uh we had uh national as well as regional elections
1: Regional, yeah. State,
0: regional. Okay. Did you not vote for anything within your uh, area? That's your region.
1: I, I voted. I voted on federal, state, and county. I'm not sure what you. That's what regional. Region is in this. Okay.
0: It's not like the tri-state area or something <laughs> like. I, I didn't know if we were regional. going for like it's our, our like you where you're from like the
1: NFL division that we live in. Oh, or? good lord. <laughs>
0: Although it would be awesome to have a vote at that table, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't know what I'd do with it, but it would be awesome. It would to be have awesome it. nonetheless. Um okay, so let me just start off by saying everything um uh, that I voted for won. Really? Oh yeah, that got your attention, yes, didn't it, it,
1: did. it? Really, is that true?
0: Uh no, actually okay. that's not true. But I did vote for President Obama. Okay. Here's why. Okay. My friend John Madsen, he's talked about this before. People in within the the national spectrum see Utah as what kind of state? Red. It's Republican. Yeah. Do Does anyone campaign in Utah? No. And I like no. that. They don't. They don't come here at all. They don't try and yeah. win our vote. They don't do anything. They just say, lost cause. Yep. We're not going to do this. And that's awesome. I don't like this. Oh. I would like them to start campaigning here. Not just because I want to get more robocalls because, you know.
1: That's what it's going to be. Those Pete. were awesome. Robocalls and commercials. <laughs> That's what campaigning here is.
0: I want them to pay attention to the issues of Utah more. So. Okay. The, the thought is, with what John's logic brought to, to us, which suppose that should be some sort of Air in- indication there, <laughs> John's logic, um, by showing that there's more of a Democratic vote here, then the Democrats might start to think, hey, maybe if we did a little bit more campaigning, paying attention here, we could get some of these votes. Now, my one vote, no, I'm not going to do a, no. a darn thing, but... As a Republican, registered Republican, and a conservative at heart, I really knew I wasn't throwing my vote away and I wouldn't be destroying, you know, the, what, four electoral votes that, that Utah yeah, is going to yeah, have. Yeah. Well, wasn't going to do anything. So it was a symbolic gesture okay. on my part. I voted for a Democrat in. The uh, Senate race, I just could not bring myself to vote for Orrin Hatch. Okay. And I also did not vote for the Republican in the governor race. Okay. I could not bring myself to vote for Governor Herbert. Okay. Again, knowing that both of them would win, I <laughs> it was just sort of like, you know, what, screw you all. I don't care anymore. And then almost on all of the rest of the... Local races that uh, that, are the, partisan? that I was in, I I voted Republican.
1: Did you vote for school board? Because those are non-partisan races. Yes, they the are non-partisan. And yes, I, and I'm just curious, I did
0: have a school board race. I didn't have any information. Did. I flipped okay. a coin. Oh, Honest okay. to goodness, right, I right. flipped a coin. I know that's not great, and people would judge me for that, and that's fair. But I just didn't have any information at my sure. fingertips when I was voting. And so being too lazy i <laughs> didn't do anything okay so what do you have to say about things you're unhappy
1: i am i'm really unhappy
0: because governor romney didn't win yes and mia love didn't win
1: yes and, and i want to be clear i i i really want people to understand this because it's important to me that people grasp my, my, what i'm going through here um I did not vote for Romney because I hate Obama. I want to be clear about that. Sure. I voted for Romney because since I was 18 years old and had the right to vote, I have been saying out loud and to myself, I really wish this company would hire a businessman who has proven he can turn around things that are fiscally screwed up, and we should hire him to fix the finances of America this was our shot at that probably the best shot we've had in a long time in my opinion uh, it was a, a shot at at getting that um and i so i was not voting this is the part that makes it so frustrating in years past i voted republican just because hey i have republican values and i just vote republican because i want i want the country to know when You're they brainless. see my vote in there I'm saying I'm voting for the thing that I tend to agree with the most. Right, I tend to agree with the people on the right the most. Um, this time around, instead of voting, uh, so I I, well, I should preface this by saying I've always in my mind classified that as voting against the Democratic agenda. Instead of voting for something, this time I was voting for something. There are actually two candidates that I really deeply believed in, and I thought they would do some great things for this country. And it was frustrating to see them lose. You know what? When McCain lost, I'll be honest, I wasn't sad because I didn't want McCain as president. I voted for him.
0: Yeah, I didn't want Romney as president. Because I
1: didn't necessarily want Obama as president either. I felt like I had two bad choices. This time around, I actually really wanted Romney as president. You said you did not?
0: Not really. Okay. I mean, if you had gotten in there, I would have been, hey, great. Uh, conservatives back in there and the Mormons in there, so that's got to be pretty cool. But for the most part, no, I I don't have much respect for mm. for Romney. Okay. I really don't. That's the fair. the man yeah. just changes his opinion to get a vote.
1: Okay. I I want somebody that will go in and cut the federal government and the and the programs and policies to the bone. I think we should get rid of the Department of Education. I think we should get rid of. The funding PBS. going to PBS. Yeah, I think that that's was, that was a great comment on on Romney's part. <laughs> oh my part.
0: gosh, <laughs> it makes up such a small percentage of the of the budget, though. But it shows it shows, that <laughs> it shows nothing. It shows
1: that you're willing to take things that are popular and get rid of
0: them. Oh, because that's, they're uh, bad. No. They're not bad. They're you, not bad. You the, think public spending, television. Spending
1: the money on it when we're in a national financial crisis is a bad thing.
0: I'm saying cut something else. PBS I'm, I'm helps. saying cut it
1: all. PBS too. But cut it all. There, There is a lot of overhead. I, I think the entire federal Department of Education should be fired. Gone. Out of there. I want them all gone. Return it to the control of the states. Anyway. That is what I was hoping for in Romney. That's Joey, what I felt Joey like.
0: hates Big Bird.
1: <laughs> that's what I felt like we would get. And I'm disappointed that because to me, it feels like people went in the voting booth and they chose between a handout that's going to destroy us financially or a guy that's, that's going to cut things that are popular because we're in a bad financial situation. That's like emotionally, I, like intellectually, I realize most people probably didn't boil it down to that, but I had. And so to watch people watch those votes rack up for Obama was frustrating to me. I'm like, great. I'm I'm so glad that this country is voting for the handout over fiscal responsibility.
0: Here's the thing. I just did not hear any part of what Romney was saying that was specific to here are the things I'm going to cut.
1: I agree with what you're saying there. And I think there's a specific reason because he knew that was going to cost him votes. Not because he wasn't going to cut them, but because he knew saying it was going to cost him votes.
0: Yeah, that that's a coward's way okay. of doing things, and I don't respect that.
1: Okay. I, I I respect the action more than what got him there. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's all we've moot, got. Two right? more
0: years until the next presidential cycle starts. Um. Hopefully, I, this everyone can relax.
1: Here's here's the problem we're going to run into. The general tone in both. Utah county, Utah State, and as far as I can tell, because I'm not as plugged in, but as far as I can tell, nationally, the response from the g o p has been well, we need to run further to the right we didn't we did lost this election because we were not ultra conservative enough,
0: yeah, which is stupid,
1: yes, it's just
0: you uh, need it, to find the moderate vote the fringe is what's killing the Republican yeah. party right now.
1: But they're running further to the right because they're they're injured over this loss.
0: Yeah. Uh listener M's uh, he goes on a bit to say, I was a bit bored watching the election results on Tuesday until I turned over and saw a good old party girl Diane Sawyer drunk and hung over on the air. It was pretty fun to watch her slurred speech and confused comments. I I missed that. Missed that, unfortunately. That would have been fun. Um, Did you also notice the the stock market dive for the two days after? (laughs) Um, uh, Anyhow, we can enjoy a brief respite from campaign ads and political flyers until they decide to start the the campaign again. So, that was uh, Listener M. Um, Joey, Facebook Find of the Week. (laughs)
1: don't have one
0: you've watched some things uh
1: i guess i have to give it to john's
0: no you can't (laughs) give it to that there were other things
1: trying to remember what i even saw i guess i saw the osu thing
0: you saw the princess thing the disney princess thing i don't think i did oh that's too bad
1: Uh, i think it goes to the osu marching band actually i i had seen that one um it was
0: intense the way those guys were getting through their marching There was something else I thought FishHead had posted up, but uh, I can't remember what it is. Um, But, yay! Yay, Facebook. Facebook. Okay. (laughs) Uh, That was exciting. Brainy? Yes. He says, hello, Braination. Dudes, I think it's super awesome that Joey will be watching Battlestar Galactica for the first time. I promise not to spoil anything, and I hope that we can reel in some new listeners who are in the same virgin boat as Joey. I I am excited to start the questions for Joey segment, to hear the predictions made, and then laugh at them and say, ha ha, you have no idea. So hold on to your butts as we enter the Battlestar launch bay for this week's segment, of Brainy's Nook of Darkness All Along The Watchtower by Bob Dylan Part one. We close our celebration of happy Halloween month of epic music with one super kick uh, kick a song <laughs> all through the although the tune was released forty four years ago, it is continuously reborn by artists who have been influenced by the timeless ballad. So why have Neil Young, Van Morrison, The Grateful Dead, Dave Mm -hmm. Matthews Band, and U2 all chosen to add this song as a staple of their live repertoire? Six months after Dylan released this epic ballad on the album John Wesley Harding, Jimi Hendrix chose to electrify the folk anthem and in turn, established the iconic moment in the early years of rock and roll. In order to fully appreciate this song, we must understand its origin. Probably the least helpful method would be to ask the creator himself, for he will never give you the answer that you want to hear. He always answered queries about the meaning of his songs in the same fashion, the composing, that composing his songs was just something he had to do. Songs are how he deals with the world. The album marked a surprising return to folk for the minstrel of the 60s, whom only two years prior had been declared a folk pariah. In 1968, when the song was born, our society surely shouldered the burden of the aftermath of one of the most socially tumultuous decades of the 20th century. Dylan penned the tune during the first hiatus in his already larger-than-life career and his life in the public eye. The hiatus was the result of the, of the need to recover from a severe motorcycle accident in 1966. That year, he had been touring the States and the UK, and every show he did would play two sets. First, he would do his super famous folk songs like The Times They Are A-Changin', where he offered an intimate soul performance with just guitar, voice, and harmonica. He would then take a set break and return to the stage with a full band full of electric, crunchy, gritty, distorted electric guitars, and he would do his newest songs, such as Maggie's Farm a song about how everyone is pissing him off. (laughs) The folk-loving crowd would then violently boo him for he was tainting the purity of the folk movement. The crowd would hiss and sneer, and Dylan would just keep singing. His album, Live at the Royal Albert, features one disc for each set. On the second disc, he introduces Like a Rolling Stone. Someone in the crowd shouts Judas (laughs) the song creator just laughs and says I don't believe you then he loudly rocks their snobby faces off as the world of music continued to be crafted and expanded by one of the most influential songwriters of our modern era of course nowadays Dylan is exalted and championed for his revolutionary bravery and he opened the door for countless others to follow in his footsteps. So what does the song mean? Some say it reflects Dylan's exploration of the Old Testament during his rehabilitation. Others say it is a social commentary about the power elite. I find meaning from the relationships. The first line is, "'There must be some kind of way out of here,' said the joker to the thief." So, something bad is going down and they must flee, not unlike the humans in the Battlestar Galactica pilot, must escape the Cylon attack. The Joker and the Thief can represent many things, but they both are victims of exploitation. In a way, the humans and the Cylons are locked in a creator-creation cycle of subversive repercussions. Just as Watchtower was incited by events of the 1960s, Battlestar Galactica was heavily influenced by an unprecedented political landscape spawned by 9-11. So next week, or whenever the Overlords record again, we will dig into the meat of the song's savory imagery. But until then, let's delve into the first half of 2003's Battlestar Galactica mini series with I'm going to guess about twenty exclamation points following <laughs> that. Okay, uh, thanks very much. I so you didn't uh, have any
1: questions for me.
0: He well within the context of oh, his Battlestar Galactica stuff. He will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't realize that Bob Dylan had written that. Oh really? No. <laughs> I I really thought it was a a Jimi Hendrix thing. Okay. Because it is kind of crazy out there which is Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Um I don't like Bob Dylan as a singer.
1: Oh, uh, okay.
0: I think that man
1: <laughs> is
0: terrible. Absolutely <laughs> atrocious. But let him write songs till yeah. the end of the world because the man knows how to do that extremely well.
1: Yeah, U2 also does a uh, a version of The Times They Are a In. They only do it at concerts. They've never put it on an album, but uh they do it usually between their first and second sets. So either as they're leaving the stage from the first set or as they're entering the stage after the second set, they'll do The Times They Are a in and it's awesome. I you know, I would love to have been able to go to an acoustic concert with Bob Dylan doing the folk music, because I actually really like his folk music.
0: Style. Huh. All right. Well, nothing wrong with that, I guess. Uh, okay. Joey's Culture Corner.
1: Okay. Uh, this week, Joey's Culture Corner is about the upcoming PBS special, First Freedom, The Fight for Religious Liberty.
0: Really? Really? Really. PBS? Yes. After you wanted to cut its funding? Yes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Hello, pot? Yes, it's the kettle. You're black. <laughs> Go on.
1: You know, PBS could totally survive on personal donations instead of having to come out of the tax base. No comment. All right. So uh, the this is a movie that was made by Lee Groberg, who's made a, a couple other documentaries about Religion and how it's affected the the trends of human culture um I think probably his most famous one i want to call i want say it's called Fires of the Faith or something like that It's about the creation of the King James version of the Bible and the you know the actual political interplay and things that happened during that process of trying to create a a common man's version of the bible hmm. um,
0: interesting that that's the common man's version now, yeah, because it's not. Today, what do you mean? Uh, when people are you talking about, like the NIV or something? Yeah, when they hold a I Bible, so. they are not holding the King James yeah. Bible.
1: Okay, I, I I didn't understand, but it's not like that's a Bible for the elite or something.
0: <laughs> it's a Bible that no one understands. Okay, because they don't understand the 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 language of it.
1: Okay. Anyway, so this is this is a movie that was done about the founding of America. And its basis in religious freedom. And how, you know, the the, the the debates and the battles that went on among the founding fathers in that first generation of really American Americans, United States of America. In that first generation, some of the battles that went on politically and openly about religious freedom. Um, I, you know, I, I won't. I won't hide the fact it is Lee Groberg is Mormon. So it's, it's done with a very, um.
0: He's a religious man.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know, it's, it, he has, he has a, an opinion on the topic and a lot of the things pivot towards that opinion. Um, that being said, I got, I got invited to go see a premiere. Uh, so we watched the first 45 minutes of, I think it's supposed to be 90 minutes long. Um, and. It, it looks like it's going to be good. I really enjoyed the time that I spent watching it. And then afterwards we got to uh, witness a panel where they, uh, talked a little bit about some of the topics with the guys who made the movie as well as, uh, a uh, professor Balmer, I think his name was Dr. Balmer who wrote a companion book. So when they, when they came and interviewed him for a part of the series, for the part of the, the movie that they were making, he said, you know, I'm, I'm just about done wrapping up a book on this subject. And so He actually gave them advanced copies of the book and they read through it and they said, well, you know, can we somehow bundle these together, you know, say, here's the movie, here's the book kind of thing. Um, I didn't buy either the book or the movie because that's really why they invited me. (laughs) It was clear. They were trying to sell me something. But uh, I will definitely watch it. It's the most
0: entertaining uh, um, Amway presentation (laughs) you've ever had, right? Yeah. (laughs)
1: So it it will air on December 18th, 2012. And just to just to be clear, this is a movie that was made entirely by private funding, and will be aired on PBS. PBS didn't spend a penny on this.
0: That you know of. <laughs> uh, okay, I gave, and I you it can it give, a give it a thumb up. up. Yeah, thumb up. I enjoy it, and you probably tended to agree with the uh, the way it was portrayed. Yes. Is it a pure documentary, or is it more like a rockumentary? You know, where they put it to music and no, stuff. No,
1: it's documentary. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Um, and, and they did, you know, they they did do, I think, a fair job. They tried to do a fair job of presenting the multiple points of view. But, you know, at, at the end, the, the tone of the film, entire film is, hey, look, we're a religious country and we should stay that way. What particular religion is open? Like it's the whole point.
0: Did they discuss like uh did they get in as much as like doing like the federalists and the anti-federalists? Yes. Kind of stuff. Yep, they did. Did he have a sl- did it seem like he had a slant one way or the other?
1: Yes, he seemed to be a federalist.
0: Oh. That disappoints me that in my mind a, a, someone who's making a documentary should be impartial. Yeah, and should said, not show a bias. That's what I was trying to
1: say is uh, you know, he 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 tried to be unbiased but i'm I'm not going to mince words he he clearly had an opinion on this piece, and it kind of, it came through it It was not completely unbiased opinion
0: moving on to episodes we are going to cover episode mini series one this doesn't have a good title
1: it's it doesn't... Num- it's numbered one dot one on the d v d
0: yeah i don't i don't understand what it is because i i don't know it's like the beginning it's the very first of the mini-series that they threw together. This is the prequel to the series. This is just like Star Wars Episode One, Only better. <laughs> with less pod racing. Although I like the pod racing. I'm just rambling now. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, let's take our first caller. <laughs> caller, you're on the air. Uh, hello, Mr. Obvious. <laughs> Thanks, sir. My name's Carol. First time caller. Long time listener. Pete sounds dreamy. <laughs> Joey, you're kind of mean.
1: <laughs> well, I am a Republican, ma'am.
0: <laughs> well, my question goes out to Joey. If you're so great at being a Republican, why did Romney lose? Go Colts.
1: (laughs) Can we record a podcast now or what?
0: (laughs) That's good stuff, man. That's called ad-libbing. That is called (laughs) ad-libbing. Moneybags, you want to do that a lot. Or maybe cut all of that stuff. (laughs) We're too lazy to want to cut this now because I'm exhausted. And we're going to do uh, Battlestar Galactica. Um, This uh, doesn't have the iconic opening music. It doesn't.
1: Oh, there is iconic opening music in Battlestar Galactica? There is.
0: Yeah. Um, But this is kind of a really cool way of reintroducing the world in which we live. Or in, in which the Battlestar Galactica people live. So, um, it's been 40 years since the the last Human-Cylon War.
1: What? Did you, you s- not want the summary? What summary? The summary that I wrote for this episode.
0: Oh, hell. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, could you read us a summary?
1: On what should be a peaceful day of retirement for the aging ship, the Cylons attack and wipe out most of humanity's leadership and military in one
0: blow. Bum, bum, that was the Law and Order Yeah, I got sound. it. No, I knew exactly what you were going for. Um, okay, so this is a really great introduction to... Um,
1: so my my first question is, how much of the backstory do we actually get to see? Like, over the course of the series, do they introduce us to the first Cylon
0: War? and? Not really. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> like, I, I think the whole point of it is because they show some of the schematics. Like, you have that guy who's going in there, and he's sitting down, and he's kind of leafing through... The, the the schematics the of of the original you know the, the trooper the thing chrom toaster Simons? yes um and so I think we're supposed to infer that it's kind of that but it's not okay it, it's you know completely you know started over basically uh for the this run of Battlestar Galactica so this isn't a you know a continuation of what happened in from the seventies.
1: Oh no, I wasn't asking that. I was just saying, do we get to see within their definition their the backstory, the first Cylon war that happened 40 years ago, not really get any of that stuff.
0: No, not to any degree that you're looking for. I think they may cover it little pieces here and there. Maybe I matter of fact, I don't even think there is a flashback because they might talk about various story pieces that, you know, have led to why we're in this position now, why are the Cylons suddenly coming back, you know, because there is a peace. And so every year, you know, there's this place where they're supposed to come and meet together. The Cylons haven't been coming.
1: Yep. And Which, which should be worrisome.
0: Maybe, if you're paranoid like you and I are.
1: Okay. That's fair. I am paranoid.
0: But who knows what culture that these people uh are are in it just right seems now.
1: like we barely won or even like achieved a tie or a stalemate of some kind
0: remember that's 40 years ago
1: right but i'm saying it seems like we just uh, like the, the impression that you get from within the series that i came away with was that we achieved a stalemate nobody really won nobody really lost
0: yeah there's definitely a truce
1: and the Cylons just withdraw for forty years, and we've never heard from them for forty years. Seems like maybe that's a, a problem that needs some looking into.
0: I don't know. Peace for that long, when people. Your enemy goes people dark grow on for that complacent. Long? Okay, they. It, it's not fair. They shouldn't do it. You know, they should be paranoid like we are, but they go complacent. I'm and pretty sure all
1: my enemies are still out to get me. <laughs> Admittedly, it hasn't been quite forty years yet, but. <laughs>
0: People never elect Joey. <laughs> ever. <laughs> and uh uh so this guy's up there and he's asleep, you know. He this is supposed to be I'm assuming, you know, uh they don't really send someone yeah, super important to this post. Yeah. Um but someone shows up. Yeah. And
1: And the first robots, what killer. Those guys are awesome.
0: Scared the crap out of me. <laughs> if I was a ki- little kid, and I saw those things, I would be scared.
1: I was trying to communicate to my wife, like the, the, how from watching Battlestar Galactica when I was a kid, anything with a glowing red that moves uh-huh. back and forth is automatically like evil or at least very very powerful. Because I got thinking, I was like, well, there was Kit, and he yeah, wasn't evil, not evil, but. I mean, that red line moving back and forth is just... It gives me chills. It just does.
0: <laughs> it absolutely does. Even more so now, because it's that much more intense. Yeah. Um, because the robots do look scarier. Yeah. They do. <laughs> they look tougher. They walk in with these guns for hands, and then they shift the guns into actual hands. But the most claw looking hands Yes. Ever. Creepy scary. And then... What sounds like another robot coming down? Nope. A woman in high heels. A hot woman <laughs> in high heels. And this is the uh, the hot blonde um, in red. I'm just going to give this away. You're going to see her in red a lot. Okay.
1: Is most of it hallucinations?
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't want to answer that yet. Okay. All right. I, I don't want to answer that. But we know her as and we'll we'll actually get this name here in this episode, number six.
1: Oh, she actually goes by number six. Yes. Okay, because she did say there are twelve models, I'm the sixth, but she, at no point did anyone actually ever call her number six or give her any kind of name. So I didn't know what right. we were supposed and, to call her. Right, and and she
0: couldn't really because at that point she's trying to blend in. Right. Sure. And yeah. uh and so it's at the end where once we see her in her real element, again, this whole episode is in just introducing the world. Right. We're building the world that this that we're going to be in for the next four seasons. And so there's a lot of individual little pieces that are just getting laid out. Look, okay. here's the thing. Just be introduced to this thing and, and get comfortable with it. And I'm totally comfortable with this hot blonde <laughs> being in this uh, series. Right. I'm in. Um, we then meet uh, Commander Adama, uh, Bill Adama, William uh, you, Adama.
1: You jumped the whole. They like,
0: blow up the space station. Well,
1: the whole scene of "Are you alive? Prove it." And and she gives him that just like kind of weird kiss. Like I don't know. It felt it felt like those those two actors did a very good job of making the audience uncomfortable with the way that the kiss was taking place. Sure. Sure. Um, and then the silent mothership. That thing is huge. Yeah. It's huge.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I just
1: thought it was odd that you breezed past, right past all of that. I, I um, just
0: had a note in right in the middle of my stuff about Commander Adama, so okay. I think they might have shot to him briefly. No. I don't know. No. But I did have the quote there, Are you alive? Prove it.
1: So the the weird part to me was that the guy just sits there, not kissing the freaky Cylon as he hears the explosions rippling up through the station, I'm thinking, you know, space travel is fairly common. And you would think that most people were trained, you know, here's, I mean, I, I think of it like when you're going and you're getting on an airplane and they're like, in the case of a water landing, here's what you do. In the case of emergency evacuation Of all atmosphere into outer space, here's the steps you take. And none of them, I'm pretty sure, are sit there kissing the hot blonde chick.
0: Well, well, let's keep in mind here. This is an older guy. I'm assuming he's done this before. He's come to this place. No one's ever shown up. All of a sudden, this woman shows up. With the Cylons. He thinks she's a woman. He is... He failed his um, perception check. Perception check, (laughs) you know, he's just out of the water. The weird thing is that the mothership blows up the station while those while they're on it. Yeah. So essentially, sacrificing this woman for what purpose we don't know, but apparently it's totally okay. But we end up seeing her again. So why is this happening? Gotcha. How is this happening? Okay. One of those little mysteries that they're introducing here at this point.
1: So COBOL, they mentioned cobalt Is that a planetary system? Is that a galaxy? Is that a single
0: planet? Uh, that kind of starts to get into the mythos of Meaning the world. you're not going to Look, if you remember anything about Battlestar Galactica, it, one of the big deals, at least in our circles, our religious circles, is the original Battlestar Galactica was created by a Mormon. Right. And so in the original stuff, there it's heavily sprinkled with little Mormon bits that everybody. You know, Mormons who watch are like, oh, oh. Yes. Now. One of the, the things in there is is not Cobol. It's yes. a co-lob. colob. The Lords of Cobol represent their pantheon. Of okay, so gods. I, got, I got
1: that they were mon- uh, polytheistic, whereas it appears the Cylons are monotheistic. Yes, the robots believe in God.
0: Okay. we'll get there. All right. <laughs> yes, but you're you're right. You did pick up on that correctly.
1: I didn't know if like if I was supposed to take that at face yes. value or if there's some kind of
0: Oh yeah. Okay. It plays a part. Okay. It's going to play a more of a part in this than you're a, than you can believe. Okay. Um so the the Lords of Cobol um essentially have like this that, that's part of their pantheon. I don't know that there is officially a world called But they Kobol. talk about
1: the 12 tribes of Kobol, but that's just because it's the 12 tribes that worship this particular polytheistic I, yes. society. Okay, As
0: right. as best as I can put it together with the limited research okay. that I have watched in the series. Um, Okay. Galactica represents Caprica. So the, okay. the, the Battlestar... You know, represents that particular. So it seems world. like Caprica is a world. Right? It is. Okay. It's a planet, right. and uh, we do get to see, um, the their city. Uh, you know, <laughs> Caprica City,
1: which I I I argue should have been called Lens Flare City. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, um, so part of the introduction to the the Battlestar ship Galactica. Is, you know, it's this old system. Right. And it's, you know, it's not the newer system. It hasn't been upgraded. and But it's going to be decommissioned. We meet a few characters on here yep. that are important. Colonel Ty. He is the executive officer. Okay. And as we're introduced to him, he's he's got issues. Yeah. We're definitely going to revisit those. And then there's Kara. Yes. Kara Thrace. Starbuck.
1: So this was the first the first huge deviation, right? Well, I shouldn't say it first because the first was the human-looking Cylon, but this is the one that caught my attention the most. Wait, Starbucks a chick? Yeah. Because it used to be face.
0: Yes. Uh-huh, <laughs> Correct.
1: I had trouble with that. But I actually, uh, I've seen this actress. What's her name again? I can't remember. I don't know. I'm Maybe. not a huge fan of her. Um, I've seen her in... The, uh, the TV show Longmire, and I really like her in that show. And so I was I was willing to give her some leeway here with the character.
0: It, uh, I don't want to give away too much, but I'll just say now, I'm not a huge fan of her. Okay. I'm not personally attracted to the woman Yeah, either. no, no.
1: I, I would agree with you there.
0: Okay. Uh, then we also have the character Hilo. Yep. You just got a brief introduction there at the beginning. Who, You'll see who, a little what, bit more later.
1: He was on uh, Dollhouse.
0: Oh, was he? I I never saw a dollhouse. Oh, okay. So, um, okay. So then we get to the the actual city, Caprica City, which is the big big city there, and that's their capital. Um, and they're in that. We we see the the character of Laura Roslin, who again mm-hmm. going to be an important character here. She. Is getting news about her.
1: Terminal cancer. Yeah, cancer.
0: <laughs> she's going to die. Yeah. But what interested me the most is the fact that it was incredibly loud. You hear the ships flying over. No, no, no. What you're
1: hearing, and, and I actually think that this is this is really, really brilliantly done. What you're hearing is the the ship that she's in later, you're hearing it take off. And they do that. Because they're trying to make a correlation there between when you get news like that. So speaking as someone who was once told by his doctor, it's possible you have cancer. Um, I can't say I actually heard a loud rushing noise, but I can say it was very, very difficult all of a sudden to focus on anything other than, oh my gosh, I've got cancer, which is not what he said. He said, you might have cancer. It turned out not to be cancer. Yay for me. (laughs) Uh, But you know, it, it, it becomes something that you fixate on. And I think that's what they were going for, you know, the the rushing in the ears kind of thing. We we're supposed to hear, hmm. we're supposed to be put in her position where, oh, there's this loud noise. It's hard to think clearly because of the news she just got.
0: If you get that from it, I'm okay with that. Okay, yeah, I'm okay with that.
1: Uh, th- there were a couple things back on on Galactica. Uh, you, you you seem to be going like hyperdrive through here. Uh, are you in a hurry? You to- feel free to stop okay. whenever you'd right. like. So the very first interaction we see between Adama and Starbuck. I thought it was very, very interesting. I, I still haven't figured out.
0: I didn't think it was that interesting. I, I
1: There's something to it. Like There's like a call and response kind of thing here. He says, uh, what do you hear, Starbuck? Nothing but the rain. Then grab your gun and bring in the cat. We, we don't find out what that means? There's
0: nothing. Oh. I, I'm disappointed You, you now. should have taken <laughs> the cue I was giving you there.
1: <laughs> that seems like it should have more to it than that. No. All
0: right, that's just a thing that people say to each other, like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" Oh, pretty awesome.
1: I man, grab your gun and bring it. In the... All right, okay,
0: just a greeting.
1: Uh, I I love as there uh, the they got this public relations guy that's going around. He's doing a tour of Galactica, I guess, for the press, probably. Probably. And right as he's say, he's saying this line, "You'll see things here that look odd or even antiquated," <laughs> right? As T, is that how you say it, Colonel T? Colonel Ty. Ty. Uh, right as Colonel Ty is walking by. like, you'll see things that look old or even stops and looks at him antiquated. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Like, they're setting up that little animosity right there. Um, I don't, I don't know that we're ever going to see that guy again, but I enjoyed that aspect.
0: Okay. Um, Wait, Colonel Ty, you mean?
1: The interaction between Colonel Ty and the PR guy.
0: Oh, oh oh Okay. I thought you were saying I don't think we're gonna see Colonel Ty ever again. I'm like No, I'll give a hint there. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see him the X O again. again? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um so then we have the poker game. And there there's this there's this sound and facial expression that Starbuck makes. Aha <laughs> It's gotta be the most annoying thing ever. I don't know what the director was going for there, but I hate it. Uh, I wish they'd cut that scene. It's terrible. Um, I, I found it very interesting, the uh, The conversation between Adama and Ty after Starbuck's been thrown in the brig. It's, it's very clear that Adama is an incredibly capable commander. He knows everything that's going on in the ship. Nothing escapes him. He even knows you kicked over the table first. You know, I mean, the guy is clued in to yeah. exactly what's going oh, on. Oh yeah. So,
0: Accur- the- accurate accurate uh, assessment of okay. Adama. Very, very accurate. Uh I I do <laughs> I do really like
1: uh Mary McDonald. Sorry, I just read the next line. So, I watched this with my wife. Probably should not have done that. Because She had nightmares after watching the Cylon kill the baby. That Cylon reaches into that cradle. and We don't
0: actually see it. But you hear it. And we're left to assume. Yes,
1: which I think made it worse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The, The line that she uses as she's looking down at that baby, number six, by the way, it's amazing how much weight the neck can hold. Yes. And then the mother comes back and is like <gasps> you you
1: you hear the bone snap. She sticks her hand on the cradle and you hear a In fact, the the closed captioning says bone breaking.
0: <laughs> it uh it's disturbing. Yes, for sure. It's pretty dark. Um yeah, this isn't uh, you know, roses and puppy dogs. Here, this is going to be some tough stuff.
1: Okay, so then we have uh Baltus or
0: Gaius Baltar. Gaius
1: Baltar. Sorry, <laughs> I knew I was going to get that wrong. <laughs> um, she is romantically Shh. involved with him. Our, so, are Cylon's some kind of like emotional vampire. She wants him to tell him to tell her that he loves her. She wants. She's like, "Do you love me?" She really. She she laughs it off after he won't take her seriously.
0: I'm not going to tell you that oh, yet. Right. It, it's fine. it's part of the mythos Uh, not the mythos but it's part of one of the major plots of this about who this woman is why she's asking this because it's incredibly important to to the series as a whole it really is i'm not just trying to snow you on this one that's fair a time's past, i have but i'm (laughs) I'm not doing that here it is definitely it's an important thing
1: so as, as they are making love there we see that her spinal cord has the Cylon's red and thing <laughs> red thing moving up it, and down.
0: It's I, don't, I didn't see it moving up and down. I just saw it pulsing like it's glowing.
1: the The pulse got stronger. To, started at the bottom, got went to move to the top, and it moved back down. I thought that was a great touch. I'm like, oh yeah, just in case anyone was there's any doubt in anyone's mind, this is a Cylon.
0: Um, and so we have Doctor Guy as Baltar. He wants, um.
1: Artificial intelligence.
0: Artificial intelligence research started back up. More than
1: anything, what I think he wants is self-gratification. and he Oh, is, yeah. He is a computer guy. He wants the economy to turn more towards computers because that will just glorify him even more.
0: He's definitely into self-awareness about Gaius Baltar. Okay. You know, the, the more we can gratify yeah. Dr. Baltar, the better um yeah
1: okay so we meet lee
0: Uh uh-huh apollo
1: captain 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 adama who is a jerk
0: don't like him you don't like him don't like him what what is it that you don't like i'm curious you you don't have i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying what is it that you don't like what what's the 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 way he treats the deck
1: crew when he lands and he's like, okay. hey, I had to come in on hands-on approach. What's wrong with your landing computers? And the guy's like, hey, uh, per your dad's orders, we don't have landing computers. And he's like, yeah. I mean, he just he just seems like he thinks he's above it all. He just comes off as a little high and mighty. Uh, I like the term that... that uh, Starbuck uses for him that I won't repeat, but
0: superior holes
1: I thought that was a, an an excellent encapsulation of what I thought of him right away.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, we meet Chief Tyrrell.
1: Which one was that? Sorry. Uh, oh, that's that's the crew chief.
0: Yes. Okay. All right. And you are gonna know more about him. Okay. You're, you're gonna see more about him.
1: He seems like a you know kind of a blue collar kind of guy. I kind of liked the character. I, I liked where they were taking it.
0: Okay. Uh, I wrote down the next quote: "God wanted me to help you." Yeah, So this is
1: this. That, that's my my note was. Wait, the Cylon believes in God. Whiskey
0: <laughs> Tango Foxtrot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not expecting that, and like I said, I wasn't even sure if I was supposed to take it literally or if it was some kind of like joke that she was playing on human, you know, ha quaint little humans and your beliefs in a higher higher being.
0: I'll I'll tip my hand here. That's definitely a real belief.
1: They, they, she actually believes in God. Oh yeah. Okay. Do
0: all Cylons? So my <laughs> next line here, which I, I find it interesting that you know she is so religious, and the rest of the world is religious as well. Um, so that religion is going to play a big part of this, and it's one of the okay. re- one of the things that I enjoyed about. Ron Moore's reinterpretation of this is that he didn't shy away from the religious aspects of Battlestar Galactica. He took it in a different area. He's not aggrandizing one view over another. He's just saying, look, these are issues and let's talk about them through the vehicle of science fiction. I really, really love that. Gotcha. Um, We have no network computerized system aboard Battlestar Galactica. Which I find hard to believe, okay it just seems odd that they would be able to have this massive ship and not have any sort of network I, I just didn't I've never understood this part of it
1: well like, I, know- I get
0: that they they haven't upgraded to the latest and greatest systems that are out there, but to suggest that the the, the entire battle star has no internal network just because we can pick up a phone and call someone no i'm sorry the lights that flash in various areas that are telling you something's going on in a different part of the ship oh that's a network okay that's a freaking network
1: yeah unless there's really somebody sitting there toggling a switch
0: (laughs) I like so it's like that just guy making lights turn on and off in various areas. You got
1: some guy that has to go into the place where the fire is so he can turn the switch to green.
0: Yes. Yep, fire out and I die. So seriously, you didn't have a problem with this. You, no, it didn't even come up for you. It didn't it, it's, it, it didn't
1: because it's you, clear that they they are going for a very strong naval aspect here. With the ships, you know, there, there, there have been, like, I would say Star Trek The Next Generation did not so much really cover the military aspects of running a starship. It just kind of, everything just kind of worked. They're trying to give us the feel of, yes, this is like being on a a battleship around World War II before computer networks, and it's part of why I posted the video that I posted because the idea of a computer on board a naval battleship Prior to 50 years ago, was very different than what you or I would think of as a computer. It's a machine with dials and knobs. I don't know if you ever, if you ever actually watched that video at all. Oh yeah, I I,
0: about a minute and a half, and I was like, <laughs> "What oh, the hell?" You missed. He out. posted this up here just you know you because it's out. like watching paint dry. He didn't <laughs> like Battlestar Galactica that much, you know.
1: No, no, no. It, it, like in in the course of that video, they actually get into they they show you a real firing computer that is c- c- entirely mechanical. So all of the algorithms that you would use to do calculations of firing a, a a gun from one ship to another, it's all encoded in gears and cams and all these things, and they actually go through piece by piece. Okay, here's how a differential gear works, and here's how a cam works, and how we can use a cam and a differential gear together to encode The square root of a thing, you know, and stuff like that. It's really, really interesting to me. Stuff about, you know, how you can mechanically replace the things that you and I would go. Well, obviously, there's a a calculator, a computer chip behind that, a transistor behind it. No, some of some of the stuff really can be done mechanically as opposed to electronically.
0: Sure. uh, The lights. I
1: the lights. I'm with you. I I didn't think about it at the time because my mind was going on with the. Oh, okay. So, how are they doing these pieces? I, I love the,
0: I love the idea that you bought into the premise. The premise that I'm I'm through the moon about that. I'm excited about that. But from a standpoint of, they're trying to tell me there's no network <laughs> aboard that. I get. I get you. I get you. A load of crap. Um, but to your point, you know, we don't need computers to do. You know, we can get away with mechanical things. The best example I can think of is a pocket watch. You know that that's all. Yeah. You know we we do it digitally now, really easily. Gears, yep. that's all that it takes to be able Gears to count. In the spring, yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, Commander, can you put your arm around your son? Can, <laughs> yeah. can you stand closer? <laughs> uh you you can feel. Yeah, the, the awkwardness. The awkwardness. A little bit of animosity now. A lot of animosity going on between the two of them. The son is more angrier than the father. Yeah, father over time, you know, he's clearly not reached out the way that he should, but he's not as angry to the degree that Apollo is. And yeah, the argument that they have, which uh, ends up being, you know, about Zack, right. who is the, the other the son, the other brother, um, who isn't alive anymore.
1: And apparently was somehow romantically involved with Starbuck to some extent. Yep. I don't know if they were married or if they were engaged, but there's there was clearly a romantic involvement.
0: There. Definitely a connection, which is where Commander the, Adama... Why his soft spot exists for Starbuck. Yeah. Correct. Um, this is going to come up we've not seen the last of this argument again you know they they'll you, resolve you my this but brother is going to be an issue okay. again at some point so you can remember this if you would like um okay so then we have it revealed that this woman really just wanted access to the defense oh my gosh mainframe
1: the the way gaius falls apart here Makes me absolutely loathe him
0: <laughs> like
1: like the process that he goes through on the way down where okay. he's like wait you, you, I, I I'm not responsible for this. I didn't do anything. I did nothing wrong here, and you know the Cylon is just like your your ability for self deception is amazing. <laughs> he's like, no no you ha- you have to tell them that I didn't do anything he's like, oh yeah, even now as your entire world is dying, all you care about is you didn't get blamed for it.
0: And uh yeah, at one point she finally says, no one will be left to blame you in a few hours. <laughs> He's like, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean b- about this?
1: And you see the boom and then the, the flash and he screams. Oh, just... Well done. I, I hate that man so bad. In fact, it's funny because uh he shows up on Eureka. Okay. Uh, as a character that I ended up hating as well. And kind of the same character kind of typecast a little bit okay i didn't even realize it until we were like you know like it's interesting this point in the story where my wife was like wait isn't that that guy was on eureka didn't he play basically the same guy on eureka i was like oh yeah you're right that guy was on eureka (laughs) because you know it's, it's it's a long time between his role here and his actually appearing in eureka he's aged quite a bit
0: uh so we have uh within I guess my notes I'm skipping into when uh, Commander Adama is giving his final yes. speech. Yep. And he talks about the cost of wearing a uniform is too high. It goes off script. Sometimes too high. Uh you know, he is he I think he was affected by the argument that that he and um Apollo had. Yeah. To the point that it kind of, you know, changed what he was saying um
1: so here here is the note that i made and this this we'll we'll come back to this here at the end of the podcast but i just wanted to the note i met, i put was uh adama goes off script and this is kind of a tired trope for me at this point it's as if all famous people are incapable of preparing emotionally stirring speeches <laughs> but put them on the spot and oh boy look out here comes a real monster of a of a emotionally stirring speech there's <laughs> you know I mean? never the case where they're like believe it or not i can tie this right into the thing i already wrote
0: <laughs> uh you know that's probably one of the best observations you've made in a long time that's a that was a really good one dude um, so, then we have... I made a note playing God. Did he mention yes. playing God in you, his speech?
1: You cannot play God and then wash your hands of the things that you've created. Sooner or later, the day comes when you can't hide what you've done anymore.
0: Yeah. Oof.
1: Good stuff. Yeah. And amazingly prescient. Yes. It's almost as if someone were writing these words. <laughs>
0: sorry. <laughs> so, then we see the bombing of Caprica. Yep. Um. Which...
1: Oh, and we find out that Cylons are apparently immortal. Are they? Well, she thinks she is. <laughs> she mm-hmm. tells she tells Baltar she is. Is it Baltar is that...
0: Yes, Gaius Baltar. Okay. So I'm
1: going ha- to have some trouble with the names here for a yeah, little you'll, while. You'll, you'll pick it up.
0: You'll be all right. You'll pick it up.
1: <laughs> I got Hilo, Boomer, and Starbuck, and Apollo.
0: <laughs> Everybody uh, else is a toss-up. Boomer. Uh, aside from the blonde chick, Boomer's... Th-
1: Boomer does it for me. Yeah. I I'm not so much on the blonde chick, but Boomer does it for me.
0: Yeah. The the blonde chick just exudes. She's she's a little sex.
1: too I don't know. She's one of those girls that I like in high school I'd have been like, yeah, she's she's pretty hot. I will never ever ask her on a date because I know she's out
0: of my league. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know, reports are kind of coming in. Uh we find out that there are thirty battle stars that are destroyed. Yeah. You know, within this first uh, wave of, of battle, um, we see that the Cylon ships start flying through space, and we see the red light come on. Yep. And it's not a pilot inside a, a ship anymore. It doesn't need to be. It's it's the entire okay, so
1: thing. I, I loved this because as a child, I always went, wait, why do they have a robot steering a ship? Why isn't the ship the robot and I love that Moore did this. They did get their eyes at Moore. Yeah, Ron yeah, Moore. Moore.
0: he's okay. the guy from Star Trek. The I know. Next I generation. just I,
1: I keep worrying that I'm going to get him confused with. Now I can't even remember the other guy, Sherlock and, and Doctor Who.
0: Oh oh oh. Um.
1: You know who I'm talking about? I do, and so Moffitt, do all of our listeners. Moffat. I, I, some reason I. I Conflate those two guys into one person in my mind Which would be like one of the most awesome Writers in history
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe those two guys Can get together
1: And do something with J. Michael Straczynski
0: Ew and
1: no, like, the, like the three of them make a show together
0: Oh uh, okay
1: <laughs> The the Moffat Moore Conglomeration
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to form them no, into one no no. no no no
1: We're not talking sexual configurations <laughs>
0: Okay, so the Cylon ships are flying through and they turn on their little beamy thing. Apparently they
1: can hack your system.
0: They hack the system. And essentially turn off yeah. all the ships. <laughs> which is what number six was getting into. Yes. She was getting access to all of the those frequencies codes and stuff. Yeah. To be able to to do that. And they shut everything down. We then move into um the uh uh the the human transport, uh, sorry, not human transport, but the non-military Cap- transport. where Heavy. Yeah, Laura, Laura Roslin is on, and they're getting the reports of what's going on. She goes up into the front of the ship, and the captain has got this report in his yeah. hand, shaking yep. as he's giving this to her, as he knows, oh my gosh, we're in trouble. Yep. Because of all of the stuff that's going on,
1: and the uh the public relations guy is clearly going to be a problem. I don't know if, again, I said like I said, I don't know if we see him over the course of the series, but at least here in the mini series mm, okay he is okay, he is trouble, just brewing <laughs> You can tell that right off when he's like, "Who put you in charge you know he he thinks he should be in charge, clearly
0: if if one's asking that question it generally. <laughs> generally leads to assume, yes. I want me to be in charge. Um. Okay, so moving on, I made a comment here about flying in space. Okay. And all I wrote was, flying in space. <laughs> I was hoping at some point I would fill in the details about what I wanted to <laughs> talk about. Well, it would be
1: very different than flying oh. in atmosphere, right?
0: It was the fact that it is definitely not the 2D world of Star Trek The Next Generation. Okay. Yeah. Ron Moore broken that the, vein the plane. Yeah. completely in that it's all sorts of weird different directions. Yeah. It is not just, you know, the flat plane. It is... Three dimensional space that we're dealing with here.
1: Yeah, we saw that actually in the very first missile strike on on Am- Armistice Station, mm-hmm. when the missiles kind of swoop around through all the different planes of you know, planes yes. of, of perception to to strike. I mean, they really could have gone very very straight, but it's clearly the director wants us to get this feel of oh yeah, there's space here, there's yes. there's directional things here. Um, I love the the move that Apollo does where he flies between the cruiser and the or the passenger vehicle and, and the missile and kind of waggles the butt of his ship at it to get the, <laughs> the missile's attention. And then he shoots it down, right? He shoots the missile down.
0: Yes, because he turns around right. and allows his inertia. inertia to just continue to, to take him. Awesome. Yes,
1: and, and then he has a really hard time shooting down the one missile, right? He barely gets it shot down before it hits him. In right. fact, it knocks his systems offline and things like that, which it's a good thing they only fired one missile and then left the area. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, th- I think the term, uh, especially now that I know that that Cylons are m- monotheistic and actually believe in God, expect the term Deus Ex Machina to show up a lot in my <laughs> references.
0: <laughs> so we have Boomer and Hilo. Um they... a wash. What's that? Pulling a wash. Firefly, when he... You're going to have to be more specific. There's too much... Th- th- w-
1: throwing the dart from six light years away and hitting... The- <laughs> when they're going to save... Uh, right, okay. Captain Reynolds from Niska. So she does the same thing. We're going to power down. We're going to aim. <laughs> hope we get enough inertia. And then just shut everything off and coast.
0: Yes. Um. So they get down to the planet. And they're trying to repair things, and a bunch of people show up, and so they start to take on survivors here a little bit.
1: <laughs> so, how did Gaius survive?
0: Um, he wasn't there at the direct strike. There was that
1: huge secondary effect. He walked away from that with just a, scra- a scratch on the head, or is he? I mean, silent?
0: the the glass being blown out. Yeah,
1: that wasn't just glass being blown out right That was a shockwave hitting his house.
0: Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. He could have been miles away from... Are
1: you screwing with me? No. Okay.
0: No, he's he's clearly fine.
1: Well, he's clearly not.
0: <laughs> he's clearly not physically damaged to the point of death.
1: My question is, have they replaced him with a Cylon?
0: I can't answer that. Okay. I could. Sorry. I'm not going to answer <laughs> you that. You not to answer. Yes. I have the capability of answering. Um, so they're taking on survivors, and Hilo had been shot. And so he yep. says, you know what? I'm going to stay. Let somebody else go on. Gaius Baltar. This is going to have the single greatest effect on this entire series is that one act.
1: So he is the salon.
0: Right there. I am still not going to answer that question. I hate you. All
1: right. Okay? You know my anxiety, Pete. Why are you
0: feeding it? This I I can't get into this. Okay. I just can't get into this.
1: Why did you bring it
0: up? I'm just pointing out this is the moment. All right. When if it goes, you know, if Gaius Baltar doesn't get on that ship, So it just it's important that he's there.
1: <laughs> it's awesome watching you try to say kay? things without saying anything. Yeah.
0: Okay, the next point I wanted to make is that I love about this. Not just the flying in space in more than just one plane, but that there is debris in space. And when something blows up, it doesn't automatically have all of the debris Vaporized. disappear. It's still there, and you're going to fly through it, and it's problematic. Okay. So you can't just shoot something, fly right through it, woohoo, yeah, they're dead. No. If you do something like that, there's a really good chance you're going to be dead yeah. yourself. Anyway, we have uh, an intense battle scene um, and uh, where they're fighting some of the, the Cylon ships. There's a nuclear missile strike on Galactica. A, a missile comes through, hits the galactica boom and the first time i saw this i was oh, like are you what what hold they on. just destroyed the ship
1: but before we before we totally get into the missile strike i just wanted to point out the reason i mentioned apollo's trouble with shooting down one missile earlier is because starbuck takes out two thought that was worth pointing out okay she's clearly the better pilot
0: we'll get into that later on Sorry. That's going to be a discussion point. Okay. It certainly will. Okay. When we think of nuclear bomb, we think of, okay, the game changer, that destroys everything. Boom. Bye-bye. Hits the ship. Ship's still there. (laughs) Definitely. It's taking some damage. Yep. as, As we're going to see.
1: Has some pretty heavy armor plating, apparently.
0: Thick armor plating to be able to withstand that. Yeah. It would be interesting if there could be some sort of physics expert to be able to say here's what you would need in order to be able to understand I bet you
1: I can find that. I yeah. bet you I can find the answer to that.
0: That would be awesome to yeah. have that. To right. be able to understand exactly how much armor plating these guys have. They did mention it's had. a 50
1: megaton, right?
0: I don't remember. I believe he says it's a 50 I don't remember. megaton. Uh but I'll look I'll look it up. They survive
1: I'm sure with the internet,
0: there's someone who's (laughs) done the math on this. They have now a massive problem on the ship because it's near some fuel lines, really could end up destroying the ship. We're fighting this fire. We've got people trapped in there. And what are we going to do? We've seen this issue before. It was raised on Star Trek The Next Generation. We had an entire episode where Troy is you know, trying to learn to become the commander of a you know, be, become an actual commander yeah. so that she can be on the bridge and, and, uh, and you know, be in charge of that. You have to be able to essentially order people to their death. Yep. Or in the case with uh, Colonel Ty, he has to order the death of all of those people by saying, close the doors. That will put out the fire, vent everything, yeah. and he does it. And then we see all of the people getting (laughs) all the bodies, out into space. And, you know, the the only thing of comfort is let's hope that they, you know, relied on their training and that they did everything. As soon as they they saw the flames,
1: they they got in a suit and were ready for
0: And unfortunately Chief Tyrrell doesn't particularly care for that statement. He's like, There's a lot of rooks out there.
1: They no aren't rooks anymore. They aren't rooks anymore.
0: Yeah. It's it's gr- grow up time. Yeah, just happened. N- no, no one's a, a rookie so anymore.
1: So I I kind of feel bad for Tyrrell here. I mean, I get that he goes out of bounds. This is the, this is yeah. the military command structure, but I do feel bad for him. And and this is the exact kind of thing that stopped me from going into the military. I seriously seriously considered a career in the United States Air Force okay. for a long time, but it was the inability in me, to take orders from someone I don't respect and to obey them.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't respect Colonel Ty very well. And it's
1: clear that tyrrell doesn't.
0: I don't think that Tyrrell has the same amount of disrespect that Starbuck does. Okay. I think Tyrrell is emotionally motivated by the fact that those are his people down I, there.
1: I don't totally agree with you because when when Ty looks over to Adama as he's like trying to get back into fighting shape if we can say it that way um the, there's a look that passes between Tyrrell and i can't even remember who the other guy was uh that they both kind of this uh, in my opinion gata.
0: i think it was gata that might have okay. been gata i don't know in my opinion there's kind
1: of this, this look of a dismissive attitude towards ty like neither one of them seemed to have any respect for him as a commanding officer and then they just start deciding oh, 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 what they're oh, going to okay. do. Okay, anyway. yeah, no,
0: that wasn't Geta, that was somebody else. It was it okay. might have actually been a captain. I can't remember who okay. the what I don't think he was he's that important of a character, but yes, I know exactly what you're talking about now.
1: And that's where I that's where I got the sense of, oh, Tyrrell clearly doesn't respect Ty. Nobody it seems nobody on the ship but Adama really had a whole lot of respect for him. Maybe I'm wrong. That's just the read I'm getting off of this episode.
0: We'll cover this. Okay.
1: By the way, I'm glad you said Gaeta because I seriously, I swear they were saying Gaetar.
0: <laughs> like, what? No. Why would you
1: name your character Gator? <laughs> that just seems wrong.
0: <laughs> Lieutenant Gata. Okay. Um, anyway, they have to save the ship, so that's the decision that has to be made. Here's the problem that I have with this. Why is Tyrell up on the bridge?
1: Because he's a, you're saying because he's in the deck crew, he should be. He
0: should be on the deck. Well, because he's in charge of the deck.
1: Because they don't have networked computers to anywhere except for the bridge, so that's where he had to go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. I I think it's one of those season one. Okay, goof ups. Gotcha. Not really sure where things are really actually supposed to play out at because he's going to be on the deck. The rest he this. doesn't come up to the bridge. Okay. He does not stay there.
1: Well, and maybe it's even. Maybe it's a. Uh, you know, try not to give the writers too much credit here. But maybe it was intentional. The whole military kind of doesn't. Like, this is a new situation for them. Most of them have never seen combat.
0: Yeah, probably. Maybe
1: he was somewhere he shouldn't have been anyway.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah.
1: And I, it's I, it's
0: just a season one goof I had wonder. the apologist
1: scarf on there for a second. Nah, I'll take it back off.
0: Welcome back. Okay. So oh, I they're getting on board the ship. Yeah. Hilo and Boomer, they're they're taking everybody on. And that's when Hilo recognizes Gaius Baltar and he says, Hey, aren't you Gaius Baltar? And his response is I, didn't do well, I haven't done anything. <laughs> Which is (laughs) the amount of paranoia about that. He's the only one that knows about this. And he is just so paranoid. I love. I absolutely love that about the actor portraying him that way. I
1: I thought that uh, this mob stayed surprisingly rational after Hilo shot the guy who jumped on the wing.
0: Yeah. Okay, like but what what else are they going to do? Well, I, mob. They, they are a mob.
1: They, you know, at that point, the plane's the taken off. Kind of sets in. Well, yeah, but you can take it out on the guy who represents you being trapped here. You could. I'm just saying, as a mob, they were rational, and I found that unusual.
0: Well, they are an enlightened society. <laughs> they do believe in a pantheon of gods, not just one silly one. That,
1: that clearly is the key.
0: Um. Okay. Laura Roslin gets sworn in as president of the 12 colonies of Cobol.
1: Yeah, her her code, D as in dog and A as in apple. So apparently we'll have both dogs and apples still in the future.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we learn that she is actually the Secretary of Education. Yeah,
1: we knew that actually from the beginning.
0: Did we know that? I don't remember that part. But nonetheless, not exactly the person you want in charge per se. Sure.
1: When Adama is taking her around the ship and saying why he won't allow a network computer on, she's talking about how she's the secretary of education and she's there to represent the teachers and the network computer make it easier for the teachers. But I thought there was a really interesting thing. As she takes the oath of office, she says it wrong. In fact, she says it wrong twice. She's supposed to say, I take the office of president, and she says, I accept the office of president, stops and repeats it like into the cameras. I accept the office of president. I thought it was interesting that they that they highlight that, and I've always wondered, does that invalidate the oath of office if you say it wrong?
0: <laughs> that leads back to the whole President Obama thing. His very first time, they said it wrong.
1: The, isn't it the job of the person standing there to say, no, stop, try that again, here's what you're supposed to say?
0: Probably. But at that point, it's just a, it, it's a formality. Okay. It doesn't mean anything. That's not as though, oh, she said it wrong. Well, you're close. How about we make you president? <laughs> you know, that's just, it's not going to happen. I just wondered if
1: Adama was going to use that later to...
0: <laughs> okay. So we end up, uh, we have some issues. We're unhappy with command decisions by... David uh...
1: James almost does a great stare down, by the way.
0: Uh-huh. It's great stuff. And uh, we're going to have some... Some back and forth here between the, the president and the military commander.
1: So, Pete, who should be in charge? Right now, in that situation, which one of them should be in charge?
0: Uh, I would probably say the, the military commander under our system, though. The president is the commander-in-chief. Yes. I don't know what their system is. Okay. So
1: so if it were our system and it was our Secretary of Education versus... Who became the president. Versus, who had just been sworn in as the president in a potentially questionable ceremony.
0: <laughs> all because they said it no, 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 wrong? No. Not
1: because they said it wrong, but because who knows who even authorized her to become president, right? We just know that she got some transmission. But we also know that the Cylons have all of our transmission codes and encryption protocols. We
0: don't know that yet.
1: We do. No, okay. told okay. Us.
0: You and I know that. I'm saying... We, as in right. the characters there, yes. do no, not no, know no, that. You, so
1: you and I know that. So I'm saying, with the knowledge that we have outside the story, in our culture, in our American society, potentially a an illegal swearing in, but is now the commander-in-chief by that oath of office, as far as we know, Yep. versus General Petraeus, let's say, just Pulling a random guy out of my hat. Who, no. who, who would you want? You don't know who General Petraeus is, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, just retired, former to say former Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and then he went into the CIA. And
0: okay, I'm just not sure I'm following. Why I'm saying, General Petraeus? is Well, in this. I just
1: pulled his name out because he's in the news right now. He he, he just resigned. Okay, it, just so the name came. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw you off with that. Okay, our Secretary of Education the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff. Okay. Who would you want in charge
0: to, to lead a military strike? I want well, the, the, the person who is, so that's the
1: question, right? That's, that is the fight that's going on. Should we have a military strike or should we heal our wounds Retreat, surrender, whatever we have to do, which is what the Secretary of Education, former Secretary of Education, now President, is advocating. Who would you want to be in charge? Would you want a military response or would you want the civilian response of, you know what, let's withdraw, let's heal, let's, let's collect and figure out what we're doing?
0: I'm always of the opinion you want to get information. We know that 30 of the battle starred Ships have been destroyed, and the admiral of the entire fleet is now gone. Okay. There's not much left, and they seem to have done it all within one day. Yeah. This massive strike. You need to hide. Tuck tail and run if you want to call it that, but you need to get more information. And if your people are stranded and abandoned in this position, then... I would think that you would want to try and protect them gather as many of those people together as you can get as many of your resources without putting yourself in danger as you can. Okay. That would be my personal choice.
1: Um we didn't talk about uh Starbucks kind of learning and telling the the Galactica yeah, apparently they have some kind of weapon that radiates, and they're expecting it to shut down my computer, but it's not working. So they they should have now a pretty good indicator. Hey, computer systems, they've got us.
0: Yeah, because she's flying the old style right, ship, Viper Two, uh, which or the Mark Two doesn't have the current system which the Cylons have hacked and have access to. To be able to shut things down, so they can't get into hack their their right. systems at all, which again are completely computerized. <laughs> so it's not as though the Cylons have access to everything. It's because the Number Six got access to the current system, hmm. so all of the new ships were all getting shut down. That that's what's happening there.
1: Okay. Uh, next note I have is that. In my opinion, there are three possibilities. Either Gaius is insane. <laughs>
0: Gaius Baltar? Yeah.
1: Because we see him. He keeps hallucinating this Cylon chick. So he's either insane. He's been uh, infected with a Cylon mind virus. Oh, okay. Oh, or he good. is a Cylon.
0: That's good. Th- now,
1: those are my three. I'm, I'm not sure which yet, but those are my three strongest contenders here for what's going on with, with Gaius.
0: Okay, I'm gonna say you might be right with all three of them. (laughs) Okay. It's all three. So he is, he's
1: an insane Cylon (laughs) with a mind virus.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay, so they start saying, look, we need to, we need to do a hyperlight jump. And everybody's like, oh man, that's kind of a big deal. I, I don't, maybe I missed something, but I thought they said, oh, we haven't done one of those in yeah, 22 years. It seems like, well, like maybe the Battlestar Galactica hasn't done one of those. No,
1: I, I, what I'm get, what I was getting out of this is that, and again, I could be completely off base, but this is where I went with it is there was some kind of coordinating computer in maybe like a flight control system kind of thing that. Coordinated all of the hyperlight jumps for all the faster-than-light travel because they mentioned at the top of the episode, "Hey, they're looking for a faster-than-light ship to make a jump out to Armistice Station and see if the, you know, this guy is okay." So it's clear that faster-than-light travel is a thing. But so I thought, okay, in my mind, I went, "Oh, well, what is what's different between now and the beginning of the episode? Well, all the computers are down. We can't trust any of the computers and." All the battle stars, and so there it seems to me like there's probably some kind of either network or computer that was what plotted all of this stuff for them. And now, instead of relying on that, they're going to have to plot their own hyperlight jump using computers that have to be warmed up. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, so but
1: but clearly, faster than light travel is not just something we do with the drop of a hat, yeah. there, there's a process here.
0: And that other ship that uh, President Rosalind is on has hyperlight capability. Yes, yes it does. Um, so there's another big uh, fight. The, we have some other ships coming in to f- to take out these uh, ships. And Apollo runs down and, well, what I know.
1: Well, I knew it too, right away. Like he's standing there, he's looking at them. They're like, what are those? He's like, they're electrical pulse generators from the Galactica. I'm like, oh, great. At some point in this episode, he's going to use an EMP to get out of trouble.
0: And they do. But it doesn't look like it from Galactica's point well, of
1: view. Yes, it does, because an EMP looks exactly the same as a nuclear warhead being detonated.
0: <laughs> well, when a nuclear warhead is detonated, there is also an, electronic, uh, uh, an electromagnetic pulse that happens from it. So so to say that it looks the same not the same.
1: Sure. From from the ele- the electromagnetic signature of an EMP is the same as the electromagnetic signature of a nuclear bomb going off.
0: Needless to say they think He's that they have just been destroyed. Yeah. Which is the ship that the president was on. Yeah. Um, And so that is where the Netflix thing stops. Uh, the Netflix version that I was watching. You watched okay. uh, a different version that apparently seemed to go on another five minutes. Yeah, well,
1: so it had, it had Starbuck coming back to the ship, coming back on board Galactica and finding out that, uh, what's his name? The guy who came, out, came up with the picture is dead. So... The guy who Tir- came, came okay, so Tyrrell so and the deck crew are giving a photograph to Commander Adama at the beginning. As he's standing in front of his old Viper, they found this picture in the archives of Adama and his two sons standing in front of the same Viper. Right. And he says, oh, somebody's bucking for a promotion around here. And Tyrrell says, oh, yeah, that's going to be this guy right, right here. Right, okay. Yeah, that we, guy died. Yes, right? that that's so actually saying, that's
0: part of the Netflix thing.
1: The the so the Netflix thing I watched did not have Starbuck coming back on the ship and saying, "Hey, where is this guy? I'm going to chew him out because of what he did to my ship." Yeah, that's like, not that's not in the Netflix. Okay, so, so yeah. in the in the DVDs that I watched, there was kind of like I guess it was a little, an extended scene kind of thing or something where she's she she brings the ship back and half the engines are blown off the back of the ship and the guys like, "What did you do?" He's <laughs> like, "Oh, that's why it was flying funny. <laughs> and then she says, oh, you know, where is this guy? Because I'm going to chew his his butt off for this thing that he did to the ship. And the guy's like, yeah, he died, Starbuck. And she's like, oh. <laughs> and then she says, well, what about Apollo? And they're like, yeah, he's dead, too. And Yay, that, everyone's That, that was dead. how the extended, or I got, I'm assuming some kind of extended DVD kind of thing. I don't know. Ended.
0: Maybe. That would be cool, though.
1: Okay, ratings? No. Oh.
0: Emails. <laughs> I don't say awe to emails. You're right.
1: You're right. You're right.
0: God. Yay! Emails!
1: Good wiggity Lord. wiggity email.
0: Okay, so listener Bob says regarding Battlestar Galactica, I watched the original series on reruns on the BBC in the mid to late 90s. I loved that and had a huge crush on Jane Seymour and the other brunette lady. So was very excited to hear that a reboot was happening.
1: I didn't know Jane Seymour was on Battlestar Galactica.
0: She's been around for decades. At <laughs> she doesn't seem to age. She doesn't.
1: She really doesn't. Uh,
0: blah, blah, blah. Jane Seymour. Uh, I watched the miniseries in, on 2004, but never watched the full series. Not sure why. Uh, it just never happened. I found the reboot to be very different to the original series in terms of tone, but containing the same gravitas, uh, but that have some heavyweights such as Edward James Olmos and Mary what's her name. Uh, looking back at on it now, I realize that Olmos was Justice Mendoza on The West yep. Wing. Anyway, I enjoyed the direction the reboot took Battlestar Galactica in. The whole advanced Cylons and plot twists mixed with some great acting made it enjoyable. Two words to sum them up is um, smart and sexy. I mean, number six is hot, and I still can't believe there was a female Starbuck. I'll try to watch Battlestar Galactica as you go through it, but I apologize if I don't email in. But doubtless, I'll be listening. We get Netflix here in the UK, but it doesn't have BSG in the library, so may need to find a different route, all the best. Yeah, we can probably help you with that. Uh, Just contact Joey. Yep. Um, I have the ways. Yes. And the means. Oh, you're part of the Ways and Means Committee?
1: No, but I have the ways and
0: means. (laughs) Uh, That's not a thing. (laughs) Uh, Okay, listener M, he says, on to the episodes. So, are you just talking about part one of the miniseries? I don't really like cliffhangers. Oh well, I will manage to wait one week. <laughs> I love the opening scene. You can tell this show is going to grab a hold of you right from the start. Mm, interesting. The important thing that I learned from this episode, and it would apply to you as well, is that if a six foot tall, smoking hot blonde chick is really into you, you should probably not give her access to any of the security credentials (laughs) you might have. I would have to mentally prepare myself, though, and it would take a lot of work to overcome this temptation. Why are women women so good at deceiving us men? Oh, well, a few nitpicks. One, a sci-fi show in space without energy weapons? (laughs) Also, corded phones on a spaceship? (laughs) Number two, a female Starbuck is not a bad idea, but why does she have to be so butch? <laughs> Baltar being more... Cr- uh, sorry, number three, Baltar being more crazy than smart. Number four, non-segregated bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> what is so great about not having to have separate women's and men's rooms? I kind of like... From a military standpoint, it's just... Look, it's utilitarian people... Yeah. Uh, uh, go get clean. I don't. I think that there are there are separate individual shower stalls and bathroom stalls, but like the common area is you know open where yeah. you you know you wouldn't end up walking around in your you know all together. Yes, <laughs> but you know I'm not that you know freaked out about it.
1: You you're just fine with female nudity. <laughs>
0: I have been in favor of it for decades now. (laughs) Many, many uh, decades. (laughs) (laughs) okay. A lot of these nitpicks are just ways the series moves away from the familiar Star Trek storytelling. I like the silence during the space scenes. Overall, this is a great introduction to a captivating universe and has the critical ingredient I think make for a great show. An evil bad guy. Rating sci-fi 8, television 9. Wow. Until les- next week, listener M.
1: By the way, I could have done with more silence during the space scenes, personally. My uh, wife
0: didn't like it. It yeah. bothered her. But I thought,
1: oh, like for a while, I was like, sweet, a show that gets it. There's no sound. Sa- oh, shoot. They just ruined it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> maybe, but... Pew, you- pew, 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 pew. <laughs> but you have, to re- you have to remember now, maybe they just had microphones inside the ships and you could hear those sounds from inside <laughs> the ships that's where the, all of the microphones are at okay uh brainy smurf says questions for joey oh sorry he says questions for joey because <laughs> he's got a question mark at okay. the in there are there other cylons in the colonial fleet hiding
1: yes gaius baltar
0: who gaius baltar
1: because uh, remember, we, we get told not sure.
0: there's 12 models. Okay. I'm number six.
1: Right, 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 right. Well, there's clearly at least one other one because somebody meets number six on the planet and she says, Oh, there you are. I thought you'd never arrive. Okay. Um, but within, I'm going to say but within the
0: colonial fleet.
1: Within the fleet. Um, I'm going to say, No, it can't be Apollo. That would've been too easy. (laughs) I could hate it, but you're you're pretty you're you're kind of
0: leaning for Baltar. I I I I, well, well, we can consider him part of the fleet at this point because he's gonna be like I said he
1: he's one of those three things. I'm not sure he's a Cylon, but there's clearly something going on there. Okay, Uh, and I gave you my three guesses on that. I, I would I'm gonna guess that there are probably at least one of the major characters that is a crew member of Galactica is probably a Cylon but I don't know which one. (laughs) It can't be Adama. It can't be T. Tie. Tie. Why do you you keep saying T? Because I had the closed captioning on, and they had it spelled out, and I have a a textual-based memory, not an auditory memory, and so I see the word written out in my mind, and I pronounce what I see. Um, Can't be Hilo can't be Starbuck, obviously. It can't be Apollo. Why can't it be? Huh? Why can't it be? Starbuck? Because she's the hero.
0: She's the main character. Interesting.
1: And it can't be Apollo because, you know, Adama would know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Woody, though?
1: Oh, so, like, again, it goes back to the question of can they replace humans? Because I... I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to say because they have models, then they must have. She says she's going to wake up looking exactly the same. So they came up with a form, and they're like, "Okay, this is the fixed form." And I just don't think they're going to be like, "Oh, let's go scout out what Apollo looks like and use him as one of the models." So
0: okay, I can yeah, that's solid logic um,
1: there. I'm going to say Tyrell.
0: Okay, all right.
1: No, can't be him because he feels so distraught about losing his crew. <laughs> Fine, I have no idea.
0: Clearly, okay, but you're, you're you're definitely saying Baltar's probably.
1: I'm saying Baltar is either insane or a Cylon.
0: But of all of the ones who are around,
1: Baltar is the most likely to be a Cylon.
0: Yeah. Okay, why did the Cylons attack?
1: No idea. Clearly, God told them to. <laughs>
0: i like that answer dude (laughs) oh i like that answer (laughs) why do they believe in god
1: that one is a great question and i can't wait to find out i okay as robots yeah oh it's because they're immortal they believe in god because they're immortal interesting how, however it is that their memories leave the body when the bodies get destroyed and get shipped to the new version of their body, that's why they believe in God.
2: Oh, man, you have no idea. <laughs>
1: I'm so wrong, huh?
0: I'm not saying you're oh, wrong. Okay. I'm not saying you're right either. I'm just saying you have no idea what you're in for. Why are they monous while the humans are polytheistic? Which we we kind of talked a little bit about. I I
1: caught that they were, but I I have no evidence yet to say
0: why. Okay. All right. Brian, uh, or Brainy, good questions, buddy. You keep those coming, man. (laughs) You keep those coming. This is going to be fun. Um, He continues, I love octagonal paper. It's one of the first things we see as that colonial representative opens the little Cylon folder. Why eight sides? Because it looks cool.
1: Because they have eight gods.
0: Twelve. Dang.
1: For <laughs> <laughs> the <worth a> shot. <laughs> so there's now. Twelve tribes. So are there twelve? There's a god for each tribe. Yeah. Okay. All right. I did not catch. If I was supposed to catch that, I didn't catch that in the mini series.
0: Yeah. Uh, so now the shops, uh, the show's prop crew will have to make sure all subsequent paper in the show is octagonal yay i also uh, by the way i'm not a fan of that (laughs) we see you know all of these times where we're getting a printout and they you know they kind of pull it off and it's always (laughs) one sheet of paper some paper is longer than others some are skinnier why are they all perfectly in the exact shape because it's getting cut as it's coming out why would you do that Why would you possibly do that?
1: Efficiency, <laughs> waste. Because you have to there make you waste. You, you have to make a machine. It's some government that cuts contract. Paper. It's there's some government contractor oh who. That's how gosh. he made his bones right there. Is on that octagonal cutting machine. Hey
0: everybody, this is gonna look cool. Uh, he continues. I also love Galactica's intro as we zoom in on the old girl from afar. Also introducing the documentary camera style that defines the series. Characters. Enter Adama, the old man, who has sternly defended his ship by prohibiting any computer networks. Or as the PR guy Doral explains, the ship has been antiquated to modernize. Um, Lieutenant Gaeta. We don't know this dude very well yet, but he seems to be crucial towards the ship's communications and plotting jump points. He's Yar. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Do not say that about <laughs> Lieutenant Gaeta. Oh. <laughs> you bite your tongue. <laughs>
1: Sorry. He seemed like Yar in the first episode of you know, Encounter at Farpoint. He seemed to kind of serve the same role, that central ship or central bridge kind of communication All I have point. in
0: my mind is... Rape we'll, gangs. Will <laughs> Will Gata get up there and give some speech about drugs and rape gangs, and then will he get boozy and go have sex with a Cylon uh, robot? Oh, maybe. That's what uh, That's what yeah, happened yeah, to yeah. Uh, Yar.
1: Wait, so are you saying all those things do happen?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lieutenant Gata is one of my favorite characters.
1: Interesting. He seemed like a pretty minor
0: character. I mean, obviously, you, look, we are just barely scratching the surface. I, I get, of this. I get we're we're going to get, get a lot more about everybody. I get that. We are.
1: I mean, I, I knew that he was important because he was named, right? Yes. The characters of the name are more important than, hey, random faceless member of the bridge crew. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> correct. Kara Thrace, a.k.a. Starbuck. She appears to be a rabble rouser, and, and as she goads Colonel, Colonel Ty by asking him about his wife leading to the show's first kerfuffle. Colonel Saul Ty, He doesn't appear to like Starbuck very much.
1: And he's es- an alcoholic.
0: Especially after she decks him. He also likes burning cigar holes in the face of his wife's pitcher. The nameless wife of Colonel Ty, We don't get to meet her, but without being on screen, she still induces the first fight in the series. Impressive. Crew Chief... Galen Tyrrell I like him he seems cool (laughs) that's that's all Uh, he uh, finishes I absolutely love the moments where Adams and Ty are just hanging out Adama yes that would make more sense (laughs) he wrote Adams (laughs) Uh, the first of which is where Adama attempts to get Ty to drop the charges against Starbuck for hitting a superior a-hole. Although she is rough around the edges, Starbuck is a different person around Lee, who is a bit of a prick right now. And how awesome is Adama's first speech? Holy frackballs, I can't wait until next week. Holy <laughs> Western 5, Sci-Fi 9, <laughs> TV 8, Mystery 2. The Cylons did it. <laughs> nice. By the way, what are the official rating criteria for this series? Yay! Uh, just Sci-Fi and television is yeah. what we're going to do. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, like like normal.
1: Unless okay. John's here. <laughs> <laughs> it all goes out the window. He's a I really guy. like this. I'm going to give it a two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, before we do ratings, let's do our our top five list. So the the topic I came up with for this week's podcast is based on uh, Adama going off script on his speech. Right. Uh, so, what are your top five moving speeches or monologues in film or television? <sighs>
0: This was tough. I wish I would have had more time for it. You you gave me the list, like, I think late last yeah, night.
1: Yeah, I did. And I'm, I'm sorry. That's my fault.
0: No, no, no. You're, you're fine. You're fine. I just wish I could have given it more proper thought because something like this definitely deserves it because there's some awesome stuff out there. I I feel like I should be choosing something from, like, Peter O'Toole at some point just because sure. I mean, he's That's awesome, <laughs> you know. Um, But I, I'm going to have to go with stuff that I could just manage to remember. Sure. So, everyone, please forgive me. A couple of these I'm solid on, but a, a few others I'm like, uh, okay. Number five, Gladiator. Okay. The movie. Um, There were a couple of times when he just made some very poignant, not really speeches, but, you know, rants. Or, you know, at the beginning the he, yeah. he has the... Uh, the whole uh, what we do in life echoes in eternity mm-hmm. uh, when when speaking to his men, um, and then at the uh, definitely at the very end where he has the whole there was a dream once that was Rome, you know, okay. em- empty the the prisons of, of all of the 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 senators and you know all of the, these terrible people. So those were moving. In general, that's an epic film. So I'm just generally moved by it.
1: No, I actually I watched that movie once and I don't remember it very well. So I'll have to go watch it again.
0: Oh man. Oh it's powerful. Okay. Powerful good. Number four, Lord of the Rings from the Two Towers. Interesting. At the end, Samwise. Where he is giving that speech to Frodo. Frodo where he's saying, "Look, it's we can do this. It's not all bad. Pick yourself up," and it's a powerful speech. There, I, I think it's a good one. Sean Astin, in his role as Sam, did not receive the critical acclaim he should have. Yeah, as a character, as an actor, that was so incredibly powerful to uh, to that story. Okay, very powerful. Number three is going to be Lord of the Rings, um, The Return of the King, but it is not this day.
1: Aragorn at the Black Gate.
0: Aragorn, um, where where they're you know trying to buy Frodo some time. Hold your ground. It that's that's it's a moving speech. It's good stuff. It is. Number two for me is going to be from The West Wing to Cathedrals. Okay. President Bartlett you know, giving his speech,
1: you get hoins.
0: You're a real son of a bitch. You know that talking to God, he's upset. This is his prayer to God in, you know, frustration about everything that has been going wrong. That has been terrible. And he's upset and he feels abandoned. That is moving, moving television. Um, and to be able to have something that incredibly well written, in a tv series is just hard to come by to get that emotion with an actor who can really push it like uh uh, martin sheen did and then number one is, is is from braveheart for me okay i you may take our lies but you'll never take our freedom goosebumps to this day even though that film is you know 15, 20 years old, maybe. I don't remember how old. It's got to be at least fifteen years old. That is powerful to you know incite an entire army to come yeah. and, and and do your your will to you know for a higher cause. Okay, Joey, what about you? I assume you made a list.
1: I did. I, I actually didn't spend a whole lot more time thinking about it than you did because it, it took <laughs> it took me so long this week to find what the right topic was. So I, I assumed it. Would I be sent it to you moments before. I like moments after I invented out. Okay. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was like, what? And then, and I, I it was actually my third watching through of the episode this week, and I was like, oh, oh, there it is. It's the speech. That's what it is. That's the moment. Um. So I'm I'm gonna give as my number five. I'm gonna give, and I should I should have written it down. Well, initially I had two cathedrals, but you you stole that. So.
0: Giant Steel, you can still be part of your list. Well, I, I'm,
1: I'm already gonna take one thing from your list. We're already gonna share one thing. I don't feel like we need to share two things. Okay. Um <laughs> uh, but, uh, I think a close second to the so moment terrible. In, in two cathedrals is, um, <laughs> why can I remember the name of the stupid show. West Wing? S- Sorkin's new show on HBO.
0: Oh, 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 uh, news show. Newsroom. The Newsroom. Newsroom. <laughs> okay. That's a much better title than um, News Show. So
1: his, why is America great? It's not. I mean, why is America the greatest country? It's not. And, and kind of, you know what? We need to reevaluate um, as America, what are our values and are we actually living up to the things that we profess to believe in?
0: Well, the real powerful line from that is not that it's not great. It can be. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah, you're right. Um, number four is Captain Sheridan to If you people don't get off your encounter suited butts and start doing something, uh, that for me is one of my favorite moments in all of television. It's, it's the moment when I really start to get ramped up and, and passionate about what's going on in the story of Babylon five, that, that speech being the turning point, the pivot point of the series brings a lot of power for the speech to me. Um, number three, Morgan Freeman's speech on uh, rehabilitation in the Shawshank Redemption when he goes up for...
0: Yeah, that what, that's a great one. Dude. Yeah, and, and great the, one. The, great, the line that great I love bond. the most
1: out of it is uh, he says, there's not a day goes by I don't feel regret. Not because I'm in here or because you think I should. I look back on the way I was then. Young, stupid kid who committed that terrible crime. I want to talk to him. I want to try and talk some sense into him. Great, great mm-hmm. little speech that he gives there. Uh, my number two is Aragorn at the Black Gate. You know, a day may come, but that's not this day. Uh, super, super awesome stuff. One of my one of my all time favorite speeches in film. But my number one is going to have to go to Jimmy Stewart's filibuster in Mister Smith Goes to Washington. Right on. Uh, just get up off the ground. That's all I ask. He's talking to the senators. Get up off the ground. Pick yourselves up from this this life that you've begun to live, where it's more about the power than about what's doing the right thing. And it's not too late because this country is bigger than uh, it's bigger than the tailors. It's bigger than you or me or anything else. Great principles don't get lost once they come to light. They're right here. You just have to choose to see them again. Power, powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. Uh, you know, for a great classic film about the the greatness that America could be.
0: Why haven't we done that one as a movie special? I've
1: I've had it on my list of considerations.
0: Yes, but you've never shared that list with me. <laughs> you keep me in the dark.
1: Uh, I I haven't felt like it was the right moment.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> okay, Pete. Science fiction rating.
0: Uh, I'm going to give this a sci-fi of eight. Okay. Uh, we we've introduced not just um an old alien we've reintroduced it in a brand new way a cylon that seems to have a fleshy body what's going on with that yeah. they're they're toasters why do they have this um the you know the the science of the ships that can withstand a nuclear missile you know that's pretty awesome um i it's very, very cool science fiction. We are starting with this whole new society, brand new. Yeah, I mean, yes, we're it's humans, but it's not. You know, we're not stuck in the the day and age of of today. You know, thinking about Russia or China or anything like that. This is whole new area gotcha. and community.
1: Okay, um, I I gave it. I well, what I put is I put. An eight, unless the Cylons believe in God. <laughs> the idea of robots that believe in God is incredibly original. I I don't think I've ever heard of it before, and except for you know, there's the there's the I am a robot, therefore I am God kind of branch <laughs> that you could maybe argue, but this idea that robots believing in a supreme being. So are you giving me. this a so nine? I'm giving it a nine.
0: Oh, okay. Very Television, cool. Uh I'm only gonna give this a seven. This is a little slow in certain areas. I love the actors that they've chosen with the exception of Starbuck. Okay. I think they chose poorly. Um a lot of the other ones eh, I'm I'm really actually okay with, but there are some that I just absolutely love. They nailed it. They're super, super actors. Um and the story is solid. Aside from colonel Ty showing up or not sorry not colonel Ty um Galen showing up on the bridge Tyrrell? this yeah tyrrell aside from him showing up on the bridge, like the story w- was solid the whole way through there okay. weren't holes in it, there wasn't sort of like. We go to commercial and oh, we're back and everything's okay. <laughs> you know, we've just solved everything with the tele- the teleporter. Yeah. You know, not, none of that stuff. It, it's all good, solid story. I liked it.
1: You know, I, you I, I realize I'm going to horrify and shock our whole audience with this. I'm giving it a four. Wow. Because I, this is my fourth attempt to start ba- Battlestar Galactica, and in the previous three attempts, I could not make it past the scene. Where the bomb hits, um, Caprica and the Cylon Shields Baltar because it's so dark and it is so, like, you come out the gate. Yep. Basically, humanity's screwed. There's no possible way we can win. Yeah. I'm really going to enjoy watching this show. <laughs> it just, it, it, it has such a, a heavy tone. That is not for me what you do in your pilot. I realize that they are. They're setting they're setting a tone for the series. But it, it was too heavy for me.
0: Did you see the hot chick? I saw did, the hot did chick. you notice her?
1: Yeah. I know okay. you're as hot as you did.
0: You should have fixated a little bit more <laughs> on her. I feel. I feel like you weren't watching it properly enough.
1: Anyway, I, I I'm I'm fully willing to believe that this this does get really good and I'm not saying it's, it is great science fiction prepare
0: yourself it's gonna be it's but not gonna be a happy TV, fun yeah, type of it's series it's it is it's very dark
1: well that brings us to the end of another episode of The Homestarmy Presents Trek West 5 we hope that you've learned something had some laughs and we always invite your comments to our email at trekwest5 at thehomestarmy.com or you can tweet us at hashtag trekwest5 or call and leave us a voicemail at 801 788 4913 So until next time I am Joey and I am Peter and thanks for listening
2: Come on Shane it's good to see you again So good to see you again Come on nay